0: Welcome back to the Trifecta Soft Podcast. I'm your host, E-Rock. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button if you haven't already, so you never miss another podcast. Also, do me a favor. Go on to whatever podcast app you listen to us on and give us a rating and review. That really helps us rank in the searches. Thank you so much. Let's get into the podcast. Welcome, bro. Welcome. Thank you. (laughs) So for anyone watching and listening... (laughs) <laughs> we've been talking for like 10 minutes and, uh, oh, 20 minutes. Okay. With Got technical already, difficulty. Yeah. I know. 20 already, bro. Um, technical difficulties, we're, we're good now. And uh, yeah, so good to go. So anyway, uh, you and I, let me let me say what I said earlier since now we'll we're go to we go back go. through it all. <laughs> right. Uh, you and I met at uh, Iron Dagger 2 here at GTI in South Carolina or here in South Carolina and uh, just a few months ago. And you are the first one that I met in person first before I met online and had on the podcast. So, which is really cool. Yeah. uh, Yeah. And you're up in Ohio. I'm in South Carolina. Um, And now what part of Ohio are you in? Uh, Medina
1: so like oh that's right okay yeah like just south of Cleveland a little bit uh, MK Airsoft is my local field if there's any airsoft people from Ohio who are listening right now you can see me out there fairly often especially during the winter
0: MK I think uh, I think that's the one that um, Brandon is going to or has gone to for skirmish you know the skirmish system Uh, you know these uh these bracelets
1: no I haven't seen those tap and
0: go Okay, so I think he said he was um, he was meeting with somebody in Ohio for uh, one of the fields out there. It might have been that one. Do you
1: guys? It might be. It might be if he's meeting up with uh, Gabe, Gabe Schuster. He's been master key airsoft or whatever for a long time and whatnot. He had the airsoft team SRT. So he's the one who started Yeah, he's the one who started NK Airsoft up here. And then they just opened another field all the way down towards like the Dayton area and Middletown. So there's another one down there as well now. Okay.
0: Now the one you're at, uh, MK, does that, um, does that have indoor and outdoor?
1: Uh, just indoor. Oh, it's indoor.
0: Yeah. So yeah. is it like, uh, they do like speed soft stuff
1: and, uh, CQB? no, like, yeah, yeah. But like no dedicated, like speed soft, like area where it's like the individual bunkers on each side or whatever, with like the snake gotcha. and everything. It's, okay. uh, it's like, I think it's like 30,000 something square feet holy shit yeah it's it's pretty good size and in the middle sections actually has like two-story buildings in it with like a wraparound walkway connecting the two of them and everything what and it's yeah that's cool it's all indoors it's it's really really fun there's four different spawns and everything and he's got multiple game modes and everything that they cycle through
0: holy shit is this uh do they have a um online presence like uh oh yeah they
1: got instagram facebook there's uh uh, gave himself there's master key airsoft on YouTube. That's his YouTube channel. And then I got a few buddies like uh, uh, TKS DAGS is on there. He's on Instagram as well. There's Druzer. He's on uh YouTube and Instagram.
0: No shit. MK airsoft. Yeah. Let's see what we got. I got to see this field, man. That sounds awesome. I, I don't think I've ever seen a field, an indoor like that.
1: It's pretty dope and it's, it's pretty well put together. Like it's enough so that, uh, they have like local law enforcement and SWAT and everything come out there and train and whatnot.
0: What? Yeah. Holy shit. MK airsoft. Yeah. No spaces or anything. Yep. Oh no, this is in Norway. Never mind. Oh, (laughs) it's not
1: that one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I mean, Uh, I'm willing to make a trip eventually, but I can't do it right now.
0: Let's go there for Christmas, man!
1: Fucking it's snow. Go! I've already got snow. It's, start, it's starting to snow up there, uh, up here today. Is it? Yeah. I'm like, it's gonna. I'm not ready.
0: So you know, you're in Medina. Um, I always tell people Cleveland because most people I talk with are either in a different country or you know, way different state and are not familiar.
1: Right. But, um,
0: me and my wife actually grew up in uh, Cuyahoga Falls. Cuyahoga right. Falls. I remember. I remember you telling me about that. Right. So I tell people Cleveland or Akron because most people have heard of that.
1: Um, right. They're the they're the know. two big northern Ohio cities that everybody knows. Yes. But uh yeah, we actually grew up in Cog Falls and then um uh, and
0: then I lived in Akron for a little bit, uh just a few months before uh we moved here, South Carolina. Oh yeah. So yeah, I gotta find this um MK Airsoft and uh see what
1: the field looks like. Uh, I want. I can try and send you. Yes, yeah, so I, I. I mean, I have. I have my TikTok and everything. I got. A, I got a couple of clips from that and whatnot.
0: So, do you? Do you post? uh, Speaking of TikTok, do you post uh, airsoft stuff on
1: TikTok? I do. Are you yeah. able to? Without it getting yeah. removed, I just have to put like I just put like big disclaimers and like says airsoft and then it has like three exclamation points at the beginning, three explanation points at the at the end, and then I'll have like in the like description or whatever airsoft it's like a warning so i just throw out like a bunch of disclaimers like i've i've had to dispute with tiktok a few times now yeah every once in a while i gotta dispute it but then they'll go back and look at it and be like okay this is fine
0: huh so if you don't put those disclaimers on and you dispute it do you get the same results like is there is there consistency with the uh,
1: disclaimer thing Sometimes there's only one I wasn't able to get like appealed or whatever, and it was literally just me like dry firing my high kappa in my room. Yeah, like just demoing the, the my 3D printed slides I do, and that was never allowed. That was never allowed to be put back up again. And I was talking to uh, I am Dylan from Nebula Airsoft earlier today, and he said he had similar issues. Like, he yep. can go and like post a video of him at the field, like murking a bunch of dudes, but he shows his like gun shooting in his bedroom and they flag it take it down. It's it's so stupid. So
0: I wonder, okay, so I I did uh so the backspin episode we did not long ago. I uh for last month, I said um so I wanted uh, one of the things I brought up for them. I was like, "So please somebody explain to me or uh convince me that uh disclaimers on airsoft videos for any platform, you know, YouTube, mm. Instagram, whatever, TikTok is uh, is useful? Like, where show me in the rules where it says you need a disclaimer, and everyone's really? like, "Well, there's no there rules, is none." Yeah, they just—it's no, no literally just
1: the attacking, targeting, just for like gun culture in general. I think is just what's happening. Well,
0: that was that was my point to to kind of get them to is uh, so I'm like, so you guys know that there's all these really big uh, YouTube channels and Instagram accounts that are real steel guns. And they're right. out there shooting, just blasting away, bro. Papa, pa, you know, shooting right. all these targets. Fucking hunting. Shooting deer. And yeah, and, and like boar. showing
1: the bloody Blood. like bodies okay. and everything. Yeah.
0: Not one disclaimer on any of those videos. Not one disclaimer, you know, from the creator, from the from the YouTube creator or the Instagram, whoever, you know, account. Right. right. No no disclaimers. Saying, Oh, this is a safe environment. We're using eye protection. We're using whatever. And these are real guns that could literally kill you okay. right significantly uh,
1: worse than airsoft videos. than airsoft
0: and then you and i'm scrolling through and i see all these you know videos i'm like yeah yeah and then i see uh airsoft videos and they're like wait stop youtube don't ban me this is right. like airsoft gun disclaimer uh warning um we're like please look it's the a fake video gun started,
1: they gotta put like, something Jesus in there Christ. saying this is airsoft done in like a safe environment blah what blah blah just doing? like at the full beginning yeah no, i don't it's honestly insane. So
0: I said, so the comment I made, I was like, it's kind of funny. You guys are doing disclaimers, you're getting banned or whatever. You know, your shit won't post. And these gun channels are just steadily going fine, no problems. Right. And uh, I said, maybe you should start saying that they're real guns.
1: Like <laughs> maybe they'll the will would be okay. <laughs>
0: I don't get it.
1: Uh, I anyway. You to start adding some muzzle flashes with the blaster, just add some bang <laughs> sounds in the background. Know, right. We got those big flash thing like. Flashy tracer units now, just start adding gun sound effects in the background, uh, you'll be fine. <laughs> no
0: shit, right? Put a baffle. We we had uh we got one of these guns uh in the mystery box that had a baffle on it. I had no uh-huh. clue what it was because I'm used to seeing the regular orange tips and we had this one that was flared out.
1: Oh, like remember, the which, amplifier or whatever on it? Right.
0: The amplifier, yeah. And uh and I said, What the fuck? Why is this thing so huge? Like we're we always take the orange tips off right and replace them. So uh they're like, uh, Johnny and, and my sons were like, no, no, it's a, it's like a baffle or a, you know, amplifier or something for the sound. I was like, oh, oh, that's kind of cool. And we shot it. I was like, whoa, yeah. what a huge difference it made, you know?
1: Yeah. I, I call them like, they're either like the popcorn cans or, uh, the Belchers. I like calling them Belchers. <laughs> nice, pop, 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 pop. Especially with some of the HPA stuff. Like if you play with like the amount of like air volume coming out of HPA guns, you can kind of get those to sound differently. Really? So there, yeah. So you can control the volume of air coming out. It might affect your performance, but just for shiggles, yeah, like you can exactly. you can have it play with it a little bit to make it sound however mean you want it to. Oh, that's cool. Okay.
0: Well, man. Uh, so you're you're uh your Instagram, and do you have a YouTube? I can't remember.
1: I do. I don't really have much on it right now. Okay. It's like the well, whole mostly... the whole YouTube issue, like we were just talking about, has kind of been like a mild deterrent from going like balls gotcha. in on it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm working my way up to it. I'm, I'm also trying to find time to actually like learn how to video edit or have like somebody help me video edit because <sighs> between I, know. I work 12 and a half hour shifts like, oh, shit, through, yeah. Yeah. So for like three days of my week, I'm completely indisposed. Like yeah. I wake up, I go to work, I wake up, I go to work. That's all I got. No, you my, day shift? Uh, night shift.
0: Oh, your night shift.
1: Yeah. So I'm up all night from like yeah. 4 PM to 4:30 AM is like yeah. my work shift, but I get yeah. paid the full 12 and a half. So my lunch is paid, which is nice.
0: Yeah. That's yeah. That's how ours was. Uh, I did that shift for, I did night shift for 20, almost 20 years and, uh, not steadily, you know, different places. And <clears throat> so sometimes <laughs> like down here, the last 15 yeah. years was 12 hour shifts.
1: I remember you shift. saying in, a. I was listening to the click the one you do with click click boom photography. I can't remember oh, yeah. her name. I was listening yeah. to that wow. earlier and I remember you saying you were uh uh used to be like manufacturing maintenance right and stuff for a while. Wow. I've done kinda of, I've done kinda of like a mix of that. So like I, I've done CNC machining and like even like manual machining and all that kind of stuff. And I've done everything yeah. from tool and die to aerospace to automotive. I've kind of like dabbled in almost everything. Oh yeah. So I've had to do a lot of like my own machine maintenance and whatnot as well. Like I had a old Akuma lay that committed suicide pretty much. Oh, unalived shit. itself. If this is for YouTube, we'll say unalived and we'll cut that little little first <laughs> <Unalived>? part off. <out. laughs> <laughs> unalived, it <and> unalived itself. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> so it's the wildest thing. Completely ignore the program I wrote. And it uh so the Z Axis driver, the one that controls how the Z Axis is read and everything, right? Died. Oh, shit. So when it was sitting in the back of the machine, it just shot all the way forward with my oh. turret and just <laughs> ran my turret into the spindle. <laughs> oh, so Jesus. It, yeah, it stripped the taper pins, stripped the bolts, the thing like switched two different tool positions and completely oh my misaligned my spindle and everything, too. I had to take the entire frame of the machine apart and like realign everything. Oh, I'm sure. So that that was a fun learning experience because God forbid my boss pay for maintenance. <laughs> <laughs> so anything we did, we did it ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's
0: so common, dude. The uh, the uh, the plant that my two sons work at right now, they uh, they have one maintenance guy per night shift, right? So for the whole uh, for all their machines, yeah, which is pretty typical. Uh, night shift. We run, you know, night shift. In my experience, all the factories I worked at, we run
1: the same amount of machines as day shift. Right. We run but the it's same. It's always shit. been a skeleton crew in term of in term of, of people. Like, it we is have the bare minimum of what can operate, and it's just barely there. Yes.
0: Day shift has like four maintenance guys. You know, we'll have one or two, um, and they're sh- shitty typically. So yeah. Uh, like they're you know they're good guys, but they don't know what the fuck. Um right, so it's very and that's typical. like my
1: shift for a long time where I'm at now. they didn't have a like tech on night like a like a support role, so they we don't have engineering on night we don't have any we don't have anybody to ask for help if like let's say there's a question on the prints or something changed there's like a revision or something or something's missing on like a print. We don't have anybody to ask for that stuff yeah and we didn't <laughs> and they didn't have a tech to like help with like stuff that could be potentially wrong with the machine or who knows like more in depth on like g codes. To like track what's going on or what could be going wrong, uh-huh. so all that kind of stuff. So I'm like the first person they've had as a tech for a long time, I think for a couple of years now at least. Oh my god! So far, as far as I know, I'm doing all right. Everybody seems like me. They tell me I'm doing a good job. So I think I think I'm, I do do pretty good.
0: Uh, that's good. Yeah, it's cool to learn all that stuff. You know, I I did uh, you know working in that field. Uh, all under one roof. You know, you got the tool and die guys. You know, we, we definitely chewed some of the same dirt, like with, uh, with that kind of stuff, because we made, uh, we made, you know, it was uh, aluminum die casting was the Mm -hmm. first plant I worked in. So we had tool and die, you know, we had the molds and everything. (laughs) And um, so I worked with those guys. Uh, And then uh, of course, maintenance, you know, and then uh, machine operators, which is what I started out. I actually, I started out packing parts. Then I went to, Uh, inspecting, you know, quality control.
1: Yeah. That's actually what my wife does. We work at the same place. Oh shit. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. I did QC for a year and a half and then I became an operator, you know, machine operator. And then I went to maintenance and yeah. Set up, you know, I would set up, you know, pull the dies out when they break, uh, put new ones in or if there was a mold change or whatever. So
1: did that work, worked your way, worked your way all the way through from like the basic of basic and up. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I w- I started out, you know, this is 1994. I started there, um, packing parts, eight bucks an hour. Uh, didn't know shit.
1: You know. Yeah. <laughs> I was like one of my worst jobs. And one of the jobs that actually spurred me to like going to like trade school and everything to like get into what I'm doing now. It was, uh, I don't know if I should say the name of the company or not. I don't even think they're around anymore. They ended up getting bought out by a bigger company, but we were, uh, it was a big metal stamping place, like okay. like heavy tonnage stamping machines that were like uh, yeah. making like uh, transmission gear sets and all that kind of stuff oh, for shit. like F one race cars and all kinds of other stuff. Oh damn! Okay. We were working fourteen hours a day, seven days a week, no days off. Yeah, and that was by far like the worst job I ever had, and I'm I did sure. that. I did that for about three and a half months, and then when they weren't going to hire, it was through a temp service. So, and they weren't going to hire me on. And then I heard that other people had been there for like year, like a year and a half, two years, and never got hired in. I was like, "This is a dead end. I'm not oh, going to make it here." Hell no. So that was super, super bad. And like, I didn't. I ended up going to uh, anybody from Ohio probably knows uh, Sinclair Community College if they're from like the Dayton area or whatnot. They're, they're a really, really good school, and they have a really, really good, like, CNC and, like, machining program and whatnot. Oh, okay. So I ended up looking into, like, a aptitude test, went there, took that. They recommended, like, machining and whatnot. I almost wish I would have done engineering because I'm borderline engineer now just without the piece of paper. <laughs> but, <laughs> and the extra pay. <laughs> right. And, the, and that extra, like, 30 grand a year, that would be really nice. That, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but... So I did that and I did that for three years and came out with uh, two degrees and four certificates in CNC technology and CNC machinings and just going through like the community college and doing like the trade program. I only had like, I think just about eight grand in like student loan debt. So it wasn't even that much for three years of school. Yeah. For three years of schooling. Yeah. And by the, before I even graduated, I was already making like almost 19 bucks an hour. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So yeah, like I was like up there already in the machine shop I was at. And from there, I've only gone up as I've Mm -hmm. moved around and learned so much more. The more, you know, the more, the more you get. So, and I'm also extremely motivated. I love learning. I love picking up new technology, seeing stuff. If I go to like a trade show or something, I'm like a kid in a candy store. Oh, for sure. I I went with a whole group of people when I was working at an aerospace shop. They They take a a big like sh- uh, charter bus, like every two years when the IMTS show comes up in Chicago. So oh, nice. we all went up there to do that, and I got up there and I just disappeared. Nobody knew where the <laughs> hell I was. And then I come, then I come back for like meeting up for the bus to go to the hotel at the end of the night, and I just come back with ba- like armfuls of bags of just like free goodies and everything that me going around talking to people were just giving me freebies and like test stuff and everything like that. So right. I come back on the bus, I'm throwing like armbands and rubber bands and like little demo packs and stuff to people and everything on the bus. I was like, they just gave me stuff. I just came. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. So oh, I, lo- yeah. I love going to that stuff. I love seeing all the new things.
0: Yeah. Same here. Well, I've never been to one of those, but uh, I, I would be the same way because uh, I'm, I'm same way, you know, like very uh, open, very teachable. Like mm-hmm. I don't I never get this um even when I was like in a position of management and whatever. Uh I never had this like um oh, I know more than somebody. Right. Like, I don't I don't give a fuck where the information comes from. I just like learning new stuff. So if somebody knows more, that's hey, fine, whatever.
1: Right, don't but, uh, don't ever don't ever think you're the smartest motherfucker because there's always going to be somebody God, else who no. knows more about something. That's why wow. I, I've had a saying since I was since I was like younger. I think I said I came up with this when I was like twelve. This tells you how much of a loner and how alone I was back then. And all I did was think. <laughs> I used to say, in order for anyone to ever truly learn, they must first always admit that they are ignorant. Yeah. So that's what I kind of like live by when I'm learning things or going into new stuff. Like I have to always be like. People know more than me in this. I have to be willing to listen. I have to be teachable. So I am forever ignorant, and there is always something more. Oh, there's always something more, for sure.
0: Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: that's like how the 3D printing like took off and everything, was me just like, this is cool. And my wife actually bought me my first printer for my birthday. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. And I still so have what, it over what were there. You
0: like, what uh, as far as um, you were like, okay, I was looking up, you're watching videos on it. How did you get interested
1: in 3D printing? So it started like – Early on, I want to say this is like 2017-ish was about when I I got my first one that she got me. And uh, it kind of started off with YouTube videos. Like, I I was liking a bunch of uh, machining stuff and manufacturing stuff. So when additive manufacturing started becoming more available, I started seeing more and more. And then the commercially available, like, just very basic, like, bed slinger style machines started coming out, like the old Creality CR-10, which is actually what I have. I still have that same one from all the way back then (laughs) that I've just upgraded and kept over the years. Okay. And uh, it just kind of, it just kept going. I kept learning more stuff. I've gotten more interested in more advanced materials and new technologies. And I just want to, I just want to keep going with it. And I'm looking at getting a new machine, hopefully within the next year or so that like basically doo-doos on all the ones I have now that prints like <laughs> really, really fast, really, really good quality. And I want to, I want to start going towards the, the higher end of things so I can start doing stuff at a bigger scale. Right. Oh, that's cool, man. So what do you print now? What's what's the most thing
0: you print now? You have four of them. What do you,
1: we'll be right back.
0: This episode is sponsored by skirmish, the future of airsoft gameplay management. Are you ready to take Airsoft to the next level? Skirmish's innovative gameplay solution keeps players and spectators engaged with real-time updates. Capture objectives, detonate targets, medic, and more at Skirmish-enabled fields. Skirmish tracks every action so you don't have to. Review past games action by action and follow your progress in national rankings. Phones are not required. If you want to find out more, head to skirmish.net and check out episode 157 of this podcast where I talk with the owner of skirmish about how it started and how it works. Stay connected, my friends.
1: So it's it's a, it's a mix of my high Kappa slides, my barrels I design. I do magwells triggers, uh, pistol stands. I do custom stuff for a lot of my other guns and stuff as well that I design. And then I do have like just commissions. Like people are like, "Hey, I found this model online. Will you do this for me?" I'll be like, "Yeah, just time and material, since I didn't make the model." Yeah. So I do I do it really simple. So I'm open to like just any kind of commission. Like if you have a model or you find something online that somebody likes, I'll be like, "All right, yeah, I can do that for you." Just tell me like what color you want. Like I have a whole cabinet over here that's just like the whole top two shelves are all filament of different kinds and different colors and everything like really. Yeah, so I have quite a what, bit. What uh,
0: brand of filament do you use? Do you have a certain one that you like?
1: Uh, the primary one I'm going through, which actually they just sent me a coupon code the other day because I made a joke on their Instagram post, is a uh, oh, 3D is a uh, 3D fuel. They're based in uh, the United States. Uh, they're a filament manufacturer here, uh, and I made a joke because one of their suppliers for materials is here in Ohio. So I made, oh, a joke, I made a joke about being stuck here in Ohio, and then they sent me a, a coupon code to use on my next order. So I just went and ordered, like, four rolls of filament earlier today, too. Oh, that's wild.
0: Okay. Yeah, the only one I've heard of is uh, Genos, I think. Yeah, Geno's. I think
1: I've used them. I mean, there's, there's so many. I'm and even, sure. like what's 3d printing started getting big. Like most of the like brands you see on like Amazon and stuff like that are just rebrands from like the same factories, just with their name slapped on it. Right. But the, there's a few really, really good ones that I, that I personally like to use. Like Hatchbox yeah. is pretty good. They're pretty, they're pretty recommended on Amazon. Um, sun is good. Dramics, pretty good. Uh, inland from like micro center and whatnot, which I love Micro center. Uh, I use a lot of their filament. I use them the majority of the time. Uh, and, uh, now I've started getting into 3d fuel cause they have a lot of like higher end filament. You pay more for it, but you get more capabilities out of it considering what it is and how easy it is to print. I really, really like them. Oh, that's awesome.
0: Okay. Yeah. My son, uh, Chris, uh, he's actually on a YouTube channel. He had, um, he got one, a 3d printer and mm-hmm. I really didn't know anything about it. He made me. Uh, I said, "Hey, can you make like a phone stand, so I can, you know, set my phone right here next to the monitor while I'm, you know, doing shit, whatever." So he made a little phone stand, and then I was working. I was doing tech on all these guns that they were getting. Yeah. So I needed a little, um, like a block, basically, just a real, you know, a thick block that I could, uh, cause I was pounding out um pins, you know, like cotter pins and shit yeah, like that. Yeah. You know, with, you know, punch pins or whatever. Like like an armorers
1: block almost.
0: Right. So uh, I was like, hey, I need a block in here because I have, you know, this desk is, um, we built this desk. Me and my sons built this desk that this is sitting on. Well, you can see it all the way back here. It's just plywood. Three quarter inch plywood. Oh yeah. There you go.
1: So that's, that's my, my USB dongle with all my, my USBs and micro SD cards and stuff like that for it.
0: Oh, that's cool, dude. Okay. Yeah, it's so pretty like, cool, man. When you can just make your own shit like that that uh, that lasts, you know, for a long time.
1: Right. And now that there's like there's so many resources for like 3D design and everything, and so many like classes, even just for free on YouTube, just going with right. the tutorials and whatnot. Like, if you can think of it or you have an idea for something, you can just make it happen. And being able to have like a 3D printer, commercial, like commercially available, that like not gonna break. It's not gonna be amazing if you don't spend a decent chunk of change but they're getting really, really good and lower, lower priced. So even like the lower ones are like better than my big one that I had (laughs) back in the day that I've had to upgrade to keep up with everything else. Right. So it's, it, it progressively changes. It's becoming more and more like easily available. And it's, it's honestly, I'm happy about it. I'm excited about it. Competition I'm okay with to an extent. Don't copy my stuff now, (laughs) but I, I really enjoy like where it's going and how it's like the maker movement is such a big deal now. And like being mm-hmm. able to just take whatever you want and make it, you could take yeah. three people are figuring out how to take like 3d assets from like video games to take like character models or like parts and components and shit from different things. in them and then turning around and then making them into 3d printable 3d models. <laughs> it's why wi- it's dude. wild. Yeah. All the stuff you can do now.
0: Now the uh that one printer you're talking about the resin one does that mm-hmm. so it it prints differently than filament
1: Yeah so the resin one ex- specifically this one uh, there's like a couple different styles there's DLP SL uh SLS and uh uh there's another one it's a different way of doing it I can't remember what that one's called There's also like 3D centering which is like a laser printing each layer and layer in like metal metal or plastic powder and whatnot uh Jesus. yeah there's all kinds of different ways of doing it now. It's, it's quickly developing, but like the resin ones. So it's a UV uh, sensitive resin. So it hardens and cures when exposed to UV light. What? So the way this does it, it slices it in layers like a regular 3D printer to do like each layer as it builds up. But instead of like with FDM where the nozzle has to go around and build it up, this flashes the entire image like a picture. So it cures the entire image all at once, all the way across the build plate as it builds up. What? So, yeah. So let's say, here, I actually have a little resin print I did. And it came out really, really good. It's a little sort. Oh, that light might be too bright to see it. But uh, there we go. Came out with all the details on it, all the little spikes and everything. That was done on the resin printer. I had to put a big-ass drain hole in the bottom of it, though, so you don't lose a bunch of resin inside. Oh, wow. But uh, the benefit of resin printing, if you get the right stuff, is uh, so unlike FDM where the nozzle has to go to each section of the printer if you like have multiple parts set up, the right. resin one does everything all at once. So even though this took like an hour and a half, two hours. If I printed five of them, it would take the same exact amount of time. Cause it does it all oh. at once.
0: Oh yeah. On the table. Yeah. Oh my God. That's crazy, bro. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. Okay. See, so, Rob was trying to explain that to me when uh, he was talking about the resin printers. He's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it just builds the whole thing up. I'm like, uh, I don't, I don't,
1: like more more specific than that. Like how <laughs> how is it doing?
0: It? <laughs> <laughs> so because I saw the uh you know the one that Christian had, and um, so I'm seeing it go around and fill in. Now, have you seen the uh the ones with the uh, that are doing the the concrete one that's yeah, doing yeah, the yeah, yeah. building the concrete houses and shit.
1: My my buddy who was in the Marines, he got out, but while he was overseas and everything on the base, uh, he was in Kuwait. I don't remember what the name of the base was or anything, but he's in like the big one over there. Yeah. Uh, but they were starting to build structures and buildings out there with like the concrete 3d printers. Yeah. So he was That's actually crazy, out there bro. getting to use them and everything. And he was like in That's charge wild. of like hazard management and stuff while he was out there. <laughs> oh shit. Okay. So, that was really cool. He was telling me about a lot of that stuff. I mean, not not too much, obviously. Don't get, I don't yeah, get in yeah, trouble. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to get put on a list or something, right? Right.
0: <laughs> That's funny. But, okay. And so it's, you're it's you're really uh, your, your Discord uh, name handle is uh, Raptor with a camera, and right. then your like your Instagram is uh, Raptor Customs, and yeah. then, um. So obviously part of that is from, you know, what you make with your, uh, 3d stuff, right? Yeah. The custom, you know, custom parts. And then, so Raptor with the camera, are you also a photographer?
1: No. So that's kind of like leaning in towards okay. like the TikTok and the YouTube and stuff. Um, and gotcha. I, I did just kind of did like Raptor with a camera kind of like general, because I not necessarily just going to stick to like airsoft stuff. I want to do, I want to do gaming. Gotcha. I want to do other stuff. I want to do, I actually do want to start a podcast at some point if I can get around to actually like Hell yeah. getting it rolling and everything well you so this, like you got everything right here just start. i don't know, i got i got it going now so now i just, just gotta get like yeah just figure out how i want to go about it and everything yep. so i left it i left raptor with a camera kind of like general so i could kind right. of hit multiple topics at once as i kind of like figure out what exactly i'm doing
0: gotcha oh well, that's wild okay
1: well you got uh
0: so on your post earlier well go over how you got started in airsoft and then um and what led you to uh go to that MILSIM uh that we met at? Uh and then well, I wanna see some of your some of the custom your stuff you're hiding back yeah. here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh
1: got into Airsoft shit, it was like fifteen years ago. Fifteen Damn. years at this point? Yeah. Like I I, I just turned twenty nine. Like I was at uh uh Iron Dagger for my birthday.
0: Oh shit. Okay. So that was
1: that was my whole big birthday deal was me going out there. So right, nice. uh, been to GTI multiple times, love it. Been out there for Stonebreaker was like the first time I ever went. I have like four Stonebreaker patches.
2: <laughs> nice. Uh,
1: so I've been out there quite a bit. But I first started getting into airsoft. Never really been around guns or anything that much. My family, at least my grandma and whatnot, had a background in guns because they grew up in Kentucky and everything. But I was never really exposed to it. But it started with my best friend Hayden uh, and his dad buying some like cheap Springer shotguns. You ever been to Trader's World way down south uh, huh. heading towards Cincinnati? There's a no. big giant flea market out there and they had an air oh, okay. store in there and he just bought a bunch of spring shotguns and like clear Springer pistols and everything. Oh, shit. Yeah. So it started with us just going out back in the woods behind their house and just shooting each other or going around in their barn that they had out there yep. and just shoot each other out there. So it, it started with that. And then one friend got like a, a JG M4 from like way back in the day when they all shot like 420 feet per second. <laughs> <laughs> that was Damn. like everything that came out. Right. So it started with that. And then everybody just started building up. And the next thing you know, I got a whole group of dudes with a bunch of like, jgs and everything else because none of us could afford like classic army at the time or back with classic army was like the gucci brand it was like tokyo classic army were like the gucci brands when i first started uh then kwa came out with their yeah. version 2.5 gearbox that was just beefy and reinforced as all hell. i love that gearbox to this day i still love no it. no shit okay yeah they're they're just beefy as all hell and they were yeah. fantastic guns out of the box better than anything else back then huh So those were like the Gucci brands, but none of us could afford that. So we all had like JGs and stuff because they were like 140 (laughs) bucks compared to like $300. All right. So it it started with that. And then I was like, a I was a ref for a field for a long time at I-70 Paintball uh, 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 in Huber Heights, which they're still around. uh, And they started doing airsoft. So I was working out there and then I was part of G2 Tactical and G2 Tactical Consulting. So we were training dudes, we were we were hosting events, we were doing night events, uh, all that kind of stuff. So I've been and I was with them for God, probably over about eight, eight, nine years before I moved up here and just couldn't like fulfill my responsibilities anymore. Yeah. But uh I was with them for quite a while. I'm still good with everybody and uh and with uh his name. We, he was by Sargis Chris Collins. He's like former special forces, he's like the guy who trained me up since I was like 15 years old and shit, showed me cool. all kinds of stuff. So yeah. So that got me into it really, really hardcore when I started getting involved with all, all that stuff as well. Right.
0: And and then the, uh, iron dagger, this last one, is that, that was what you said you were there for your birthday.
1: Yeah. So oh, shit. Okay. the last stone breaker I was at, I won a golden ticket. So it expired oh, really? okay. Yeah, yeah. So it expired this year, so I used it for Iron Dagger too to kick it out before it expired at the end of the year. So I was like, Right, let's go, it's my birthday, let's do it. Oh, that's awesome. So other than hotel and gas and whatnot, that's all I had to worry about.
0: That um so when I met you there, that was my second time, only my second time being at a mill sim. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, they're both at uh GTI. I went to Stonebreaker. And then I went to, uh, you know, this one here. So uh, that was it. And, uh, you know, I went both times as press. Okay. Yeah. And then I went to uh, an indoor field with these guys once or twice. I think twice. Yeah, twice. I went one time just to watch and then, you know, film. Second time I went. And I actually did, like, an interview with Mm -hmm. – with a couple of the guys while I was there. This is before I started doing podcasts. I was just kind of I made curious it. and the,
1: talking and everything. Yeah,
0: I was yeah, I was really uh I got along with the you know, I really liked the guys that uh you know, had it was Airsoft Columbia. And um so I talked with them and and when the when the video came out when I put it together, it was a short video but it was like uh they uh they hit me up. They were like, "Bro, this is awesome. Like this is like a commercial for our field, you know." I was like, "Well, yeah, that's what I wanted to do, you know, is uh Oh yeah. promote you guys. So uh, it turned out really good, but that was the only, uh, so I've only been to three, you know, four Airsoft things
1: uh, in my life. So, yeah, <laughs> there's, there's a lot. I know there, there's, there's so many different like extremes of gameplay going from like a regular friendly open play to a like Milsim West event where you're rucking yeah. for 40 hours and you're out in the rain out in the field and it's Rust four versus NATO and all that kind of stuff. Like it gets wild. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Do you think, uh do you
0: think Milsim West events are like the hardest Millsims that somebody would go to? Like, is that the, the is there, that the pinnacle?
1: I, I would say like, if you're wanting, like, at least from what people have said, like, that's like the pinnacle of like borderline, like military life for three days or right. two days for the event or however long you're out there for the weekend. That's like, how I, that's how I feel from what I've talked about and what I,
0: you know, what people have told me and, you know, seeing their videos. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're like legit they, they in go the military for like two days or two and a half days.
1: Yeah. It's, it's wild. I, I would like to go out to one. I've I personally haven't been out to one yet, but I would like to at some point right yeah. now, I'm mostly trying to get myself in better shape for that kind of stuff at the moment.
0: Well, that's what I tell people, man. Uh, in fact, when I was talking to uh Val, you know, uh, click, click, boom, towards mm-hmm. the end, she said, you know, her son, who's just, you know, like just, uh, I think, I think 14, like 15 or, 16, or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He wants to go to a milsim. Uh, he wants to go to a milsim and he was talking about milsim West. And I said, oh no. Yeah, yeah.
1: I actually remember that moment. <laughs> Cause I literally just listened to that <laughs> specific episode, like the other night.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah. I was like, dude, tell him that is something to work towards. Okay. Go yeah. to a different, you know, milsim first. See, you know, how you can fare, fare on that one and then work your way up to that because, yeah, that's uh, – you're going to be hurting if you get
1: there and you're not prepared. Oh, yeah. I Just like physically. Also, you got to make sure you have the right stuff out there because no, – Right. Like people will help you, but I doubt people are going to waste their time and resources like to take care of you if you're not uh-huh. prepared. Right. They'll be like Absolutely. you should have you should have you should have looked at the list cuz they they put out like, like a big list of things you should have on you and what you should bring, like a packing list. Uh-huh. And if you don't have that kind of stuff, they might just look at you and be like sucks to suck. Like oh, <laughs> No, you know what they do? Have you I don't know if you've seen the
0: videos, but um what before they start the event, you have roll call. Like you got to be there oh, yeah. at a certain time and everyone lines up and they go down the list and they make you pull out those items out of your fucking pack. Like show oh, it to me. Ri- like, just like in the military socks, whatever socks, right. You got to hold those fuckers up. And then one, the one video I saw, the guy, uh, the, the dad brought his son. who was a teenager. And, uh, the son didn't have the socks and his dad looked at him like, no mercy, bro. He's like, I told you, you'd go over that list. You better have that, all your stuff. Cause they, I think they won't let you get out there. If you don't yeah, have, you don't have everything. Right. So I, I'm sure there's a little leniency with some of those things, you know, like whatever. But, um, but the, the main rule is that they don't allow once you leave, you ain't coming back. So if you leave right. the AO, there's no breaks. So if you leave the AO, bye. <laughs> so- right. I,
1: there was your Milson West experience. <laughs> 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 you shortened it oh, for yeah. yourself.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. That, that would suck. Like, so the you've been uh, you've been playing for a while. You have been to a bunch of Mill Sims. Have they
1: all been Third Coast? Uh a decent bit of them, yeah. They're, okay. they're definitely like my favorite to go to. Yeah. Uh for the most part like coming all the way from Ohio, I've been down all the way down to South Carolina almost like once a year at least. Yeah, you definitely to go like down there that. and play. Right. Yeah. Okay. I re- we me and my buddies we really we really love the the whole GTIAO and everything. Yeah.
0: So my son's Uh, and JP, they went, that's the majority of what they've gone to. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, oh yeah, that's the majority. They did do, they've uh, gone to a couple different ones, uh, different fields put on by different uh, event hosts. But um, I think they've been to nine GTI events, I mean, uh, you know, third coast Mm -hmm. um, at GTI. So
1: I believe it. Because I think they love it. Yeah, they love it. Number five for me, I think. Okay. Because yeah, they went to.
0: Was it? Uh, so, what does Third Coast do out there? They do Black Start Crisis. They do uh,
1: Iron Dagger. Iron Dagger. Stonebreaker. Uh, Stonebreaker. I I think Bone the Crusher, other ones are, no
0: Bone Crushers. A I think that's
1: location. at Guardian Center. I think that's the one in Guardian Georgia. Center. That's the That's the
0: name of that one. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. And then. I don't know. They have, they have like the handful of lists that they go through like every year. I think iron dagger, iron dagger. I mean, this was iron dagger too. So this is like the, one of their more recent additions.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but I think the, I think the ones we listed are the main ones that they actually have out there at GTI. They're the only ones who come to my mind.
0: Right. And then, uh, stonebreaker. I, I think I heard stonebreaker was their biggest event that they have that they put on as far as people.
1: Usually they have like, like 600 ish people out there and bro. Which we didn't really have like an opening day, like roll call at Iron Dagger. So I don't know if they did it at the. You said you went to Stonebreaker earlier in yeah. the year. I don't know if they yeah. did it there, but usually where they have like the, everybody lined up in their squads and rows and they have like the big opening ceremony and all that kind of stuff.
0: Mm, I mean, they did on Saturday. Yeah, they do the. Yeah. Yeah, they did that. Yeah. For Stonebreaker, they did that.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I wasn't sure. Uh, Sometimes they'll have. The first one I went to, it was yeah, three hundred v, it was like three hundred v three hundred, and there was yeah. tons of vehicles, like all. It was just all hell the whole entire time, and it was fantastic. <laughs> That's like, how we uh, had this stonebreaker was. Yeah, I wanted to go to stonebreaker. I can't remember why I couldn't go. There was a reason I couldn't go this year, and I can't remember what it was.
0: You were three you were D printing some shit.
1: Definitely for sure. There's some 3d printing going on. I, I, I want to say it was a death and I think it was when I was because my grandfather had died Mm. in February. And I think I just didn't go because it was like, it's like early March and it was like mid in February when my grandfather died. So was dealing with all that kind of stuff. So I think that's why I didn't go. So then I made it up with iron dagger two for going for the year.
0: So what, uh, so what kind of gear you got back here, uh, that you laid out and posted about. Let's begin the, the <laughs> show. Yeah, it's a little dark. Uh, it, I I know. know, and I was I
1: was trying to find like a decent light, so I kind of have one like. Oh, that that sucked. I <laughs> just strobed myself in the strobe, face. Strobe, yeah. But even that doesn't it doesn't do a lot. Like I have this shitty three light, and I need LED bulbs up there. And they suck. Well, like, you I, can. I, I you really guess you can grab. Over.
0: Oh, okay. Now I can see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole table is lined with guns. <laughs> Yeah, hell yeah! Uh, is that a two forty nine?
1: That is a very very custom stoner sixty three. If you right. want to see that one first,
0: no, no, we we can build up to that. Go ahead. Um, yeah, you, so, you got the floor, brother.
1: So this is one of my my personal high kappas. <laughs> this is one of the first slide designs and whatnot I did. So this whole slide is three D printed. The barrel's three D printed, triggers three D printed, and the magwell's three D printed. What? And, yeah, and this slide has like ten thousand rounds on it.
0: Holy shit.
1: So it's, I've had no issues. This is also one of the pistol stands I do.
0: Oh, that's awesome.
1: So, yeah, fully functioning. Works totally fine. I use it literally all the time. This is one of my favorite ones to grab when I go and play indoors. Right. Just because it, it looks good. And it's, it's very, very smooth and cycles just super fast. And there's that's like, wild. you know how like a lot of Capas have got that heavy, heavy, extra wobble? Yeah. Mine don't really have that.
0: Because of that. Because it's a lot lighter. Yeah. And
1: like, I even have like a decent amount of recoil buffers in here Mm. and whatnot, just a short stroke it. So this thing is super, super snappy. Dude, that's cool. And like I said, the whole, whole outer barrels 3d printed. I'm working on a new design right now because I had an issue where they were snapping. Mm. So I've, I'm working around it. I'm trying to figure out a way to like minimize like the stresses on it. So okay. I'm working on a non-recoiling style barrel, so it'll actually like not let the hop-up and stuff like move freely while also not like affecting the cycling and functioning. And so far, it's fine; it works absolutely fantastic on my what? 3D printed slides, my metal slides.
0: What, what what do you you lost me? What what's not what's not functioning? So, uh, or a non-functioning what non-recoiling barrel? non-recoiling.
1: So usually the inner barrel and hop-up unit is kind of like free-floating and can move around. Right. So it like travels back and forth, like I'll grab. I have a bunch of extra like outer barrels laying around and grab one real quick. So like most outer barrels, like a very, very basic one, like the whole hop-up unit moves. Right. And it's very, I mean, you can hear how loose that is in there.
0: Yeah, it's just flopping around and shit.
1: Yeah, so what, what a lot of like high kappa users do, they end up like putting tape and stuff on here just to kind of like make it stiffer so their barrels and whatnot don't move so much. Really? I'm making it so it's easy to get in, it's easy to lock in, and it does not move. So shot the shot, it's cons- more consistent, more accurate. The hop up unit's not bouncing all over the place. Oh shit. Okay. And oh, I'm hoping it'll also it'll also increase the durability of it, because now it's not bouncing back and forth, yeah. eating the hell out of it because I was getting like breaking like right in there
0: Was it wear marks? Oh, yeah, okay.
1: Wasn't it's even wear marks. It. it was just separating at the layers. Oh. So it was just like the layers were delaminating from the stresses of it bouncing back and forth. Uh-huh. So I'm hoping so far testing has been good. A few thousand rounds it hasn't busted on me. So hopefully that continues. Damn, that's cool.
0: Yeah, so that's quiet too. It doesn't flop around
1: and shit. Oh yeah. So it's like Huh. This is one of my one of my favorite slides is my my Raptor Claw design. It's it's very inspired by some of the. the Airsoft Masterpiece slides. I know somebody will say this looks just like such such and such from their Edge series, which is very similar. But I actually designed this specific style slide like years ago and I got uh, a bacterial skin infection. So like my skin was getting eaten off of my hands and whatnot because it works. Jesus. Yeah, that was fun. That was that was a good two two months of being out of work and I got COVID right. on top of it, so that was even funner.
0: Oh my god.
1: So so I was basically stuck at home. So I was like, you know what? I'll revisit this project. And it just led to like the full snowball into what is happening now and yeah. what I'm doing with all these. So like I have five I have five one length. That was a four three. This is another slide design I do. Nice. And then I have my tessellation series, and this is my slick top one without the sights. So a lot of speed softers and whatnot—they don't even use iron sights or anything. Uh-huh. So this is just smooth across the top. No need for extra mounting to hold in your, uh, uh, like the nozzle return spring or any of that kind of stuff. So you just pop okay. your, pop your blowback unit in, put your barrel and everything in, and you're good to go. Damn, that's really, cool. really, really simple. Streamlined. Okay. So, and then I have a, this is what I was actually carrying at uh, Iron Dagger was this guy. And this guy has a has my black full-size tessellation slide with the sights. Oh, that's nice. And this one yeah. is also rocking the, the 3D printed barrel and everything. Oh, that's cool. So, I love, love it. I'll
0: have to uh, message you after and see um, what... Uh, what we could work out with um, getting one of those slides from Mm -hmm. one of our guns uh, with our logo on it. I can do that. That'd be cool. A hundred percent.
1: I can do that. I've done custom orders for uh, air uh, for uh, some of the YouTube airsofters over here by me. Right.
0: Oh, that'd be cool. You know who else is in Ohio? uh, Totally squirrel. uh, (laughs) (laughs) But uh, is um, Caleb Tucker, Caleb Tucker airsoft. Yeah. Okay, I don't know if you know him or, or you know follow him. Okay.
1: Yeah, me me and him have talked before. Uh he likes okay. my my custom AK I I 3 got mm. 3D printed stuff for it and everything. But uh nice. he plays at uh so G2 Tactical. They have their own field. They had a uh, G2 Battlegrounds in the Dayton area and recently they uh got the I think it's the Hidden Valley Ranch. I always want to say Hidden Spring Ranch and I'm like no, that's the that's the dressing. <laughs> or, no. No Hidden it Valley is Hidden Ranch. It is the <laughs> See, I try to get it right. And I still fuck it up. <laughs> <You got> it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they recently uh, acquired that field for the longest time. It was only run by uh, uh, François and his team. Uh, but since he worked so much through like COVID and everything like that, he wasn't hosting events and whatever. So uh, G two has that field now, and they got like a it's it's like over a square mile of playable field. So there's like multiple towns and villages in the woods. There's like an Damn. airfield strip and everything going down there and stuff. It's oh, a really cool. It's a really, really big, like, good outdoor experience. Yeah. So I need to go out there like again it. and, like, go try it out because I haven't been out there in a hot minute.
0: Okay. Now, how far away is that? Because I think – so he must be fairly Ooh. close
1: to you then. I mean, I guess it depends on your definition to close. Same oh, okay. state is close, but it's like <laughs> – like, that's all heading down towards, like, the Dayton area. Oh,
0: he's down – oh, okay, okay. So it's like
1: so, – I think to the Springfield Three field, hours, it's like, two hours. Yeah. About, like, two, two and a half, something like that. Right. It really just depends on what highway I got to swing through out of the like three that kind of uh-huh. go down that way. Right. But I think it's, I think, think if you just hit like almost like straight down 71, you can get like almost like straight to Springfield and get to it pretty easy. Yeah. Okay. Hell yeah, so, dude. All right. What's that's next? also one of the first fields I started doing uh, events at and everything. And now of course I have like this some of my own like personal bills. I got like a KWA HK 45. I love this thing. Ran this thing almost exclusively for a while because it just works so damn good. Yeah. This is a fantastic pistol. Nice. And then I have an FNX 45 that I ended up using even more than that. Now, this one, I did some custom millwork. I sandblasted the barrel. What? Yeah. I did a bunch of custom stuff to this. So this thing is really, really nice. Yeah, it looks cool. A lot of the internals have also been, like, upgraded. It's got new bucking, new barrel, all that kind of fun stuff in it. Almost almost none of my guns, including my pistols, except for, like, three are stock. Got it. I'm <laughs> so sure. Almost, almost everything has been uh, heavily upgraded and modified.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm I'm finding out is uh,
1: people get their stuff and just immediately upgrade. <laughs> yeah, almost nothing gets left the way it is. That's why, like, I, I hope more manufacturers will just, like, start selling the bodies or, like, right. the parts. Like, I don't want the gun. Are you Yeah, I, you have nice internals, but I'm sorry. I want everything else. <laughs>
0: well, why, why don't they offer... I don't understand. There's a market for it. Why don't they offer the base version for somebody that doesn't really give a shit? Right. And then the upgraded version that's already upgraded, so you wouldn't have to take it apart and do it. I don't get it. Money. <laughs> yeah,
1: I that, know, but why. I'm saying you charge more for it. Like, they would still, you know, I just... I don't know. Right. This actually... I don't know why I wanted this gun so bad. It, it, it's a really good gun. It's the, the EMG kel RDB. This That's is like it, yeah. the only one of my r- main rifles that I have not like upgraded living hell out of.
0: So that is a, that is a bullpup style, right? Yep. The mags in the back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but
1: it has the most irritating hop up to get to. It's like all the way down in there. Yes. And they give you a tiny, tiny window
2: uh-huh.
1: to like get to it in the front, but they give you all oh, my little tools missing. Well, usually there's a little like flathead screwdriver thingy right there that you got to stick all the way down there to adjust your hop up. We, I think we did a video
0: on this. We did. Uh, Todd, who's uh, been in a few of our videos, he was actually at um, he was at uh, Iron Dagger. Um, Okay. But uh, he's been, you know, he's local to us, about 20 minutes away, and uh, he he has come over a couple times. It's aep one. He's come over, you know, and he had that RDB. And uh, brought it over and we got to try it out and stuff. So we, you know, we made a video on that. Hell yeah. And he was talking about that hop up. We were like, so, and he was showing us all the different features on it. And he's like, okay, so the hop up. And I was like, oh my God, this thing.
1: What the hell? Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> annoying to get to. Yeah, and also I found out like, it does not like fully loaded EPM1 mags. Really? Does not like them at all. Does not want to feed for anything. If you like relieve like a hundred rounds out of it, it feeds yeah. totally fine. So my other mid caps and everything work fine in that gun. The EPM ones, just because of the spring pressure or whatever it is, it's enough uh, to like move the hop up out of the way just from spring pressure alone to like wow. cause it to misfeed. So huh. it does not like them at all. That's wild. This here is my custom P90 that shoots like a high end M4. That's cool looking, bro. <laughs> It's wild. And I have a, I have a tracer unit and foam in here and into this suppressor. So my tracer unit is actually inside of it. Yeah. And this whole gearbox in here has been redone from the gear set to the motor, to the cylinder assembly. It even has a, a custom MOSFET with micro switch trigger and everything in here from shadow regime airsoft. So this thing performs like a high end M4, like snappy, snappy trigger response, stupid rate of fire. And it's, like, set perfectly for the indoor field limit in my field. It hits, like, 1.2 joules, like, on the dot every shot. Damn. Like, it's, it's a bad boy. And people yeah. hate that it's the P90, and it just shoots so good. Because <laughs> usually they got, uh. they got these, like, crappy triggers and everything. Right. Thankfully, this body actually had, like, an adjustable, like, clamping arm in it. So I was able to adjust my trigger to work best with my micro switch. So generally, like, my travel is, like, nothing. Like, that's all I have to do to get this thing to, like, shoot in semi. Five so bits. Barely... So a P90 that I can, like, spam the trigger on is ridiculous. Right. And then the full auto is insane. Like, it's super, super fast. It's also loud as hell. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I was talking to um six-millimeter maniac. Um, he is a catalyst. And this is a, a couple months ago, I guess. Mm-hmm. And he that's his favorite gun to run is the uh, P90. And I said, so are you proficient with like swapping mags? He's like, oh yeah, like better than my M4. So really? he's just, he's used it enough to where he's got the, the motion down to
1: got that full on muscle memory. Yeah.
0: Cause but it is, I, it's, it's hard to get used to.
1: It is. Cause it's like some of that. that Laylax, I think are, uh, they have their own like expanded, like mag release magazine oh, release on okay. here. So you can get like, like you can hit it easier oh okay like this it. it's like
0: yeah, it's almost it's, like
1: the width of the mag so in like unless squeeze. you actually yeah until you like actually get behind it to move it uh-huh like you're, you can you if you just slide back you're, you could skip right across it and not even yeah. catch it because it's yeah, like almost the same time uh-huh. yeah so you gotta like actually get in there <laughs> i was i was halfway thinking about it. i might just go ahead and do it but designing my own in here that's got like like flanged wings Flared, that are coming yeah. out uh-huh. so you can actually just like get it and go. So right. it's a little easier to get to. Huh. That's nice though. But yeah, this I love it. So good. <laughs>
0: it's so good.
1: <laughs> it looks so good, okay? It do. It do. <laughs> and I got my custom ACR. There's some 3D printed stuff on here. Oh yeah. So I actually use this at the Tier 1 at uh okay. Iron Dagger. So this is actually nice. what I had out there before I had my MP7 out later. So the whole handguard's 3D printed. Uh, my outer barrel in here is 3D printed because I cannot find 11 and a half inch barrels anywhere. So my entire barrel is 3D printed.
0: Holy shit!
1: And it works really, really good. And then I tweaked it so that my uh, my nozzle has better engagement with my bucking. So my consistency, like I was hitting the jewel limit at 1.45 consistently shot to shot the shot was 1.54 1.54 1.54 back to back to back
0: that's crazy
1: so and this thing shoots really really good for only having like a 300 millimeter barrel in it like the range is stupid huh so i got my barrel literally stopping like up here yeah and to like fix the issue with like uh 3d printed threads because they're just generally not strong gotcha uh I machine tap them for uh 11 millimeter by one so that I can use like the high cap thread adapters for my threads. Damn. Okay. So I actually have metal threads on it. That's cool, man. So yeah, it thing, looks badass. This thing is awesome. I love it. I love the holding yeah, stock and everything too.
0: Yeah. And you got the, you got the uh, riser on there for your scope, and I love those oh, yeah. things because when you have a helmet on, or in, in the face protection and shit, it's uh, it's really hard to get down there, you know, on regular sights. Yeah, it does
1: help a lot. That's why, like, like my sniper rifle and stuff, like I don't use like some of my higher mass just because, like, I ha- already have to have a riser on there to really see out of it pretty well. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll show you my custom sniper rifle here in a bit too. I got some three D printed stuff on that as well that I designed. Nice. Like almost. The majority of stuff that's still on this table has a bunch of 3D printed stuff that I designed in May for them. I'm sure.
0: Well, I, ha- I have a question about this uh, outer barrel. So it's it's super long. Now, when you um, when you print that.
1: My printer is really how- tall. <laughs> oh,
0: okay. So you print it lo- like, so it'll go that far. Jesus.
1: Yeah. Two, two of my printers have almost a 15 inch print height.
0: Holy shit. Okay. So
1: I can get away with 12 inch rails and long ass suppressors and everything else without having to like break them up into sections and connect them. So it's all continuous printing. That's awesome. Okay. Hell yeah. And then I got a, I think it's a polar. Yeah. I got a polar star Jack in this one. Nice. And I, just before the event, I added uh, one of these max speed triggers and there's like no take up at all. That's all I have to do holy shit it's like i mean right it's barely moving, bro. <laughs> so it's like all i have like there's sometimes like i'll, I'll be a dick and i'll just be like burr, burr, just lock yeah. the finger yeah, in there. fanning it
0: fanning it yeah or what do they call the uh in paintball they
1: feather feather, yeah, the feather in it yeah, yeah. I, ha- I have a paintball gun if i i don't even know where it is right now though but i have one with like the butterfly trigger on it. you can get you're really really good and you got like a good control board in there you can get like 30 balls a second on like a good paintball gun just a- oh yeah.
0: I've seen these guys, bro. I follow a bunch of uh, Instagram accounts for a uh, paintball and they'll do those little short videos where they're showing like doing that. And, wow. uh, it's,
1: it's crazy how fast it is. Yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's nice ridiculous one. what they all get. So this is actually my sr 25. Oh, those are nice. I like those. So I, I got it shortened up with a 16 inch barrel on here
2: mm.
1: and a nice 15 inch uh, key month, uh, Handguard and then, yep. uh, I forget what stock it says RS2 on it. I think it's an APS stock. You can get them on. Okay. They're pretty cheap. I think they're like maybe like twenty bucks. Okay, but it's really it's really easy for me to get to my SCU because it just has a a pin that pops out and then the Man. whole back foot, so I can just get to it like super easy.
0: Right. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, one of the guys uh, had something that had a stock like that.
1: I can't remember what what it was, but yeah, I've seen those. But uh, this one has a full-size Polar Star Fusion engine in it, with a Max model hop-up, with a custom spacer and everything in there to get the whole kit put together. Jesus. So I can. So I didn't feel like spending the extra fifteen bucks on the kit, so I just sat down and 3D printed my own spacer to put in. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so it has a it has a Max model hop-up unit in here with a promy purple bucking. That is with a R-hopped Orga 6.13, 433 millimeter inner barrel in it, and this thing just full on sends. I run point fours in this; it shoots Damn. so good. So this with 04s fours, I, I'm hitting just shy of three hundred feet, unless I like give it like a good little arc. But I can Damn. get out; it can get out there. That's and then wild, bro. I just recently added. Uh, the Navrid quick detached suppressor. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. So that's, that's cream filled for the shushes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. But I ran, I ran this at a uh, Stonebreaker one year and you know, the, so the back of the pipe yard, you know, that whole area oh, yeah. over there on the opposite side of the main building, you right. know, that stupid kill hole. That's like the slit this big oh, I, up yeah. on the second I ha- story. I didn't see
0: it in person. I saw it on the uh, videos that the guys have. Yeah.
1: So I was down on the ground at the back of the pipe yard, shooting from there into that slit with this gun. Holy shit. Like sending like accurate shots like my I was hitting around the window a bit, but I was sending (laughs) shots through it as well. Oh, that's awesome. So I was like, nobody can hit me, but I can get you. (laughs) (laughs) Again, is by far one of my favorites. And because I did all this stuff to get rid of, like, the, the usual SR-25 furniture on here, it's super light for what it is. Well, I like that skull that's on the outside of it as wow. well. So that was actually, uh, I think A&K had this series. It was the the Zombie Killer series. Okay. So it has uh, the Zombie Killer logo on the front of it. Uh, Mod EK25-Z1 or whatever. Oh, I just realized that the serial number is 69. Yay! The oh shit! <laughs> it's literally ek 69 Nice. <laughs> well, then it's got uh Luke nine one here as a cool. uh, as the Bible verse, and then for safety, it says pray. Semi is Psalm, and then uh, is it Asperg or S? Es- I don't know. You can't hardly read it with the way they lasered it, but it's supposed to be some other kind of like biblical reference. Gotcha. So each one for the selector does all that. And then That's I have cool. a, a max model trigger in there as well. Yeah. See,
0: I've never seen that version, the zombie one. Okay.
1: It's like, you, they're, they're hard to come by anymore. I don't know if they still restock them or not. I got this as like a, a boneyard gun from one of my buddies who just couldn't get it to work the way he wanted it to. So he yeah. sold it to me with the fusion engine and everything else uh, for like 300 ish bucks, gave me a tank and a line and all that kind of stuff. So I was like, yeah, fuck it, let's go. Yeah, but and now I got to work uh, on tweaking.
0: Yeah, what was the main? What was the main issue, or did you find one?
1: Uh, whatever, and I'm not saying this is like Polar Star's fault. You could have just had a lemon, but that spacer I was talking about before oh, for the nozzle, yeah. mm-hmm. just it was just not getting good engagement with the hop up unit. So I designed gotcha. it where I had like the proper length and spacing to get it to engage right. Okay, that's like the one of the biggest things that. I think it's, it's not talked about as much as it should be. Like people just talk about, they throw in these parts and all their guns. Right. But compression components are what can make or break your accuracy. Yeah. Sometimes even more so like a good bucking, a good barrel. Yeah. That'll get you some bonus. But if you have good compression and good engagement with your air nozzle to your bucking, Uh it is huge. Okay. So the volume of air is like extremely important.
0: Yeah, and the way so the way those parts come together and and seal or seat uh, is very important that they do it well.
1: Right. So you okay. get good and you get good consistent like BB engagement, like your BB make like loads in properly and everything. So having all those things line up, good air seal, good like cause you can actually over volume like with a regular AEG gearbox depending on what kind of cylinder you have. Huh. So, like, if you're running, like, a, a little short barrel gun, but you have a full-volume full, full volume cylinder with no cutouts or anything in it, you can actually lose power and lose consistency because you're over way too much with air. It can actually make your build worse.
0: Huh. Yeah. How does that work? I'm, I'm confused on how that works.
1: So, when you're over volume, I, I
0: guess, yeah.
1: So, when you're over-voluming on a shorter barrel, it has less time for it to dissipate to push the BB out. Mm. So, you're getting a heavier push of air... But what can happen with that air is that it can actually, like, throw off your accuracy or your consistency.
0: Oh, okay. I wonder if it so, goes around – so it goes around the BB because it's pushing so hard at first, maybe?
1: Kind of, sort of. Like, it's, maybe it's,
0: escapes a little bit?
1: Yeah, it's a it's a weird way to explain it because it, it doesn't sound like it makes sense, but properly volume – like. I swap one dude. He was using a full M sixteen length cylinder, like something that was meant for like a five hundred and ten twenty inch, like five hundred and ten millimeter twenty inch barrel. Yeah. And he was using it in like a tiny, tiny like AK seventy four. Oh shit. And he switched to a properly cut cylinder for it, and his FPS jumped fifty.
0: Jesus.
1: Yeah. And his range and accuracy got significantly better just by switching out the cylinder.
0: So you, it sounds like, you know, a lot about this stuff. And I asked um, a couple of people about this. So there was a, a girl in, um, in Canada and the team. and then I, I talked to her first and then the, the team that she runs with uh, ELR extreme mm-hmm. long, long range airsoft. Um, so I asked her and I, she was talking about, it. she's a sniper. Um, she was actually, you know, a mil- she's a military veteran in Canada. Okay. And then, uh, and then, you know, was deployed numerous times and then, she plays with these guys and they do uh sniper certifications and all this. Well, they're, they're constantly, uh, their goal, like they're, this this is what they're working on all the time is how Mm -hmm. to get the BB farther, more accurate, you know, all that. So, you know, the heavier BBs. And I said, well, what is, what is the, and I've asked this with other a couple other people as well. What, what's the limit? Like what is uh, the lip or uh, not the limit? What's the limiting factor? Um, because, is it, you know, like, is it just a matter of uh, – because I would think the way this, you know, BB works, um, put more air behind it, and you know, so a heavier spring, right? Put yeah. more air behind it and it's going to go farther. So what what do you think the uh, limiting factor is? Like, why can't we shoot a .5 um, more than a football field, you know, accurately? I don't, I don't right, know.
1: Right, right. There – so there is like the physics factor, like the terms of like power and output and everything that is a limiting factor. That's always we have a limits for that. So we're not like literally like embedding BBs in people. That's why we have the okay, meds okay. and like the limiting factors. If because you can you can build airsoft guns that shoot seven hundred feet per second. You can build bolt action rifles oh. that shoot that hard easily,
0: dude. Listen, the, the guy, I talked to this girl in, uh, California, um, Valkyrie is her, uh, mm-hmm. Instagram thing. Her husband built, uh, he, he does all these custom builds. He built one. He never uses it. He just wanted to see if what, what he could do, what he could do. Yeah. And it was, he showed the, it's on his Instagram actually. Um, 1300, 12 or 1200 or 1300 FPS. He what? shot out of this fucking, uh.
1: That's a pellet That's rifle at that point. Bro. <laughs> like you, said, that can game you imagine?
0: <laughs> I would love to see a video of this thing where full auto or you know really fast shooting where you're just shooting like wall like a wall or something and the BBs right. are just exploding.
1: Right. <laughs> Turn into like dust. Impact.
0: <laughs> God. That'd be crazy. He's like, nah, you know, when I posted that he goes, when I posted this, uh picture this you know the chrono people were you know blasting me like don't you dare use that the field you know he's like i'm not i just wanted to see as a you know tech want to see what i could do with it so without breaking it so yeah that's pretty wild though
1: yeah i think i think the biggest factor is that kind of like limit range at least performance wise because like we can get guns like shooting like 500 feet per second that can hit well over a football field Gotcha. Like we can do that, and that's All not right. e- not even as big of a problem as it used to be. It used to be way harder to do. There were yeah. I remember there was a LRB barrels which were literally using like uh, compound screws in like different areas of the barrel to literally bend you bend your inner barrel inside of it to like promote the curve of it. So you can get more range and actually use like the, the BBs like contact across the length of the barrel to add backspin and all it was so wild. It go really?
0: like, so that you could hold the barrel, you know, you could aim straight, but it's going to go like this instead of you having to go like this. Yeah. You know, raise the barrel. Okay. Oh,
1: that's wild. So it was like, it was ways people were like extending range. Like this was like way back in the day. This is, this right. is like, okay. this is like at least 12 years ago. I remember seeing this in like airsoft, the airsoft Ohio forums when it was still around. Okay, and uh it was just a wild concept. And then the whole flat hop thing came out, and now we have um, the R hop. And then there's the at home, <laughs> the at home version of an R hop where you use like those uh those Sugru like pencil eraser. <laughs> yeah, I've used pencils erasers for hop up. Yeah, before. I like, mean, I, I've...
0: <laughs> well, that's how I knew about it. I don't know shit about this stuff, bro. Except what I'm uh, asking people on here.
1: <laughs> right. So I, I literally like when I first started doing like flat hop mods to get more range and everything, like I yeah. started making my own nubs that I was just carving out of uh pencil erasers with a, like an exacto knife. Yep. But those were <laughs> better than any other nub I had at the time. So it was, they didn't really have like flat hop nubs and all that kind of shit or like the Namazu ones or the, or the, the maple leaf stuff like they do now. Like those uh, the, what is it's got a special name it's whatever their t- their tensioner nub is where it's like concave to the shape and it's like longer so it fits through your whole hop-up window oh okay uh
0: i'm not sure so about the name
1: i can't remember the name of it either i, I have sure like two heard of them of it, too and i don't remember what it is yeah uh but before they had all that pencil erasers and exacto knife it's what i had at the time <laughs> <laughs> and it worked it worked great oh that's cool man yeah i love the
0: innovation That uh, airsofters use to, uh, you know, get their shit going or whatever.
1: My my bedroom growing up was so bad. Like I just had parts and projects, and I didn't have money. Like back in the day, it was like Sistema was like the big brand for parts and everything, Mm -hmm. and then there was Lalax and Prometheus and all them. They were back then, but they were like big money for a kid trying to build stuff in his room that just mows lawns for money. (laughs) Yeah, right. So. It was like I did a lot of like, I guess, ghetto mods uh-huh. where I just used whatever I had leftover parts from guns I worked on for other people or things I fixed. So I had like Franken guns that outperformed <laughs> like high end guns people were buying. Yeah, because I just I sat there and I tweaked with everything. I made sure all my gears missed. Right. I was like one of the first people in my area, at least that I knew who was talking about like motor height engagement and all that right. kind of stuff. So I was doing all this stuff in my bedroom and getting insane guns that were just thrown together for the most Bro, part, just with whatever Liz, I had. You're
0: a 3d printer. Uh, you're, you know, you're, you, you 3d print shit. Okay. You're good at designing stuff, cool designs, like your slides and stuff. Uh, so Franken gun, you just said, yeah, which is cool. I think I'm, I don't think I've ever heard it before, but I understand uh, what it means. It's a, it's a cool reference. You need to build your own <laughs> custom gun and release it next Halloween and call it Franken gun. Okay. I'm not kidding. Put like I, your logo. If you have one or the face, I of Frankenstein. I made it do the Frankenstein. Oh, okay. Yeah, dude, that would be uh that'd be cool. Do it in like a lime green
1: or something, you know, like Frankenstein was, it could be arranged. <laughs> be awesome. but I have a, uh... I sold one slide. It was glow in the dark. Oh, so nice! This dude, just blast it with a UV flashlight before it goes out. Whole thing's glowing like the whole game.
0: <laughs> oh, that's, that's fucking <laughs> it's, awesome! It, right. it's
1: badass. Yeah, I guess if you you know
0: if it's thick enough uh, material, uh, you you hold the light on. You know you get it really going, and then it lasts for it holds it for a while.
1: Yeah, it get, it lasts a fair bit. Like he get it through going through most of the day before he has to like before he just like hits it again just to brighten it up. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. But, uh this this so is so what is type. this one this is the halo gun borderline yeah so this is this is a, a CSI start XR5 when i first saw these come out uh they reminded me off of uh i think it's the car car off of uh titanfall
0: oh titanfall right
1: yeah so it, they they looked really really similar to their rifle. Uh-huh. so this is my wife's favorite gun she That's bought awesome. it for me a while, a long time ago, but this is like her go to, this is what she picks up and grabs. Nice. Uh, the whole front, it didn't have this whole front end before. So I actually oh. designed and 3d printed this to put on here. What?
0: That looks cool, bro.
1: Yeah. So I mean, it that actually, makes,
0: that makes the gun.
1: It, it, it looks so much better with this whole front end on here. Like it, it right. just like cleans it up even more. They have uh-huh. another one that has a front end similar to this. But well, this one, I got like upper venting and I got all these side porting and all this other kind of stuff on here. And it just attaches on with a screw that help, that uh, goes in through the front of here. Oh, that's cool. And then I got the uh, Ace Tech Bifrost Tracer unit in here and it fits real snug. Doesn't move. The accuracy what? is stupid with this gun. So yeah. she changes it to blue. So it's flashing blue tracers and everything out of it. Oh, shit. That's cool. So this is this is her go-to. This is her absolute favorite. Because she likes guns that are like unique and not normal. Right. Like I just bought her that uh that crytech uh Maxim 9 or whatever. The one that front looks like the silencer coat where the whole front end's the suppressor.
0: Oh, uh I think I've seen pictures of it. I didn't know what it's called.
1: Okay. Yeah, so I bought her one of those because that was like one of the first guns I like showed her. I was like, hey, yeah. look at this thing. And she's like, ooh. I Is like. that the
0: one that's like it's like this thick all the way down from the trigger guard to
1: It yeah, looks like uh, the uh
0: it looks like the uh the the pistol in um the original uh RoboCop? No?
1: Not quite, but kind of going down that route. Oh, okay. You, it's not so the I whole look thing, Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you look it up real quick, it's it's really easy to find. Even Let's you see, look oh. up, like, if you just look up Maxim 9, you'll see either the Crytek one or the Real Steel one, too, because it's actually a real gun made by uh, Silencer Co.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that is. Okay. Yep. Yeah. yeah I've seen, was- I, I, well, that's not the one I was describing, but yeah, this is, uh, I have seen pictures of this on Instagram. Uh, I did not know it was, uh, you know, what brand or anything like that. So, oh, that's cool looking.
1: Yeah, so that's, that's Crytek's first jump into the gas blowback market. Okay. But uh, I showed her that, and that was like the first time she's looked at a pistol, and I was like, yes, I need that.
0: So I bought that <laughs>
1: for her for Christmas, and then I got an email like a week ago saying that the pre-order was pushed back to February, and I was like, I was like you're going to oh, get it. It's shit. just going to be a little late. Oh, that's
0: crazy. Okay, so yeah, this is a picture I'm looking at is is the Crytek one on uh, like. So it looks like, uh, so it's gas blowback. It looks like the, um, it works similar to an AAP01 where just the back half of the slide moves. Yeah. I'm guessing. Okay.
1: Yeah. It's just a, it's literally just the back half. And then they even Uh have a, they have a kit for it where you can add in like a tracer unit into the suppressor and everything that Crytek teamed up with AceTech for.
0: This looks so front heavy, bro.
1: Like what? Oh yeah. It's gotta be. But like I mean, the that on that airsoft one, when you take out the front, the vast majority of it is empty. Like the majority of the I'm inside sure. of that
0: is hollow. Yeah. I mean, it's just aesthetics, right? Yeah.
1: It's just looks. So, and the reason she liked it is because it actually reminds her of an anime. We watched a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, called Psychopass. And if you look up Psychopass. Uh, you'll be able to see how close the resemblance is. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah. So I'm sharing the
0: screen right now so that uh anyone watching this video later um, can see what we're talking about. But uh, that that one, it's, it's like a bunch of etched marks or markings on the um part of the right above the trigger guard and on the uh, handle or on the uh, grip.
1: Yeah, it's, it makes uh, it, it, makes it look futuristic. Yeah. yeah, it's the it's the molded stippling they have on here. It's like a bunch of uh jagged split section blocks all yeah. over it,
0: like uh like barcodes.
1: Ka- yeah. yeah, you kind of look at it like that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so what was that um anime called?
1: Uh, Psychopass. P S Y C H O. Oh, Psychopass. Yeah, so I just saw it. Where was it? I hate that when you go like one letter too far. Oh, and it I know, you know. It, dude. <laughs> You see it, yeah, I'm like, What the
0: fuck? where'd it go,
1: okay, so yeah, if you look at the gun up in the the top where it says the h d like you see how similar it is, oh, it is dude, yeah, it looks it do looks almost what? just like it that is
0: that's where they got the design, okay,
1: I don't know if it's one hundred percent related, but like I was like, it's uncanny,
0: bro, that's a hundred percent. <laughs> I mean, that is exactly where they got that from. I mean, it's cool. It looks cool shit.
1: Badass. it was a good show. I don't think it was as popular as it should have been, but it was pretty good. right okay
0: Yeah, I love learning this kind of shit on here because I'm like, what is this now?
1: right what happened? Is, you said the what <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know right All right, so let's see more of your shit bro you got so much stuff and all the things you have are uh, are really good like yeah, they're in good these- shape they're they're upgraded they shoot like I take I take care of my
1: babies. Mm-hmm. So this is actually my custom uh Stoner 63. Dude. That so, is badass. Yeah. It's it's so I was actually going to use this at Iron Dagger. Yeah. But I had just gotten like all the parts I wanted for it. I'd gotten them in, but my HPA tanks were getting hydro tested. So I literally did not have my tanks back until the day I was leaving from Ohio to drive down to South Carolina. Oh shit. So I didn't get to test anything. So almost my whole entire Thursday before I drove down was spent trying to fix this and get it working again. Because funny thing about GMP, they decided to give this thing a prepare, a proprietary, if I can say the word, uh inner barrel i was gonna put a different type bore in there it will not work what yeah those bastards it's 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 absolutely freaking ridiculous (laughs) so like most aeg inner barrels they got that bottom groove in the bottom of it for like alignment with the c clamp and everything right this one has one in the bottom and in the top so in the c clamp comes from the top to hold it in the place and everything and the notches on the side don't are cut differently than the regular AEG barrel so it literally only goes in this hop-up unit oh my god so I had a new barrel a whole new setup I was trying to get everything to work couldn't get it to feed properly just it was a complete (laughs) nightmare all day long and then like my feed tube for my box mag blew out of it when I was trying to wind it I'm like
0: what is happening (laughs)
1: what (laughs) yeah (laughs) holy shit it was, it was like six hours of me going back and forth with this thing, trying to get it to fucking work. And by the end of it, I was like, fuck it. You're not going. I wanted you to go, but you're not going. <laughs> you won't behave. So you're not going. Okay. Right. And I was so, I was so excited to get this used. Cause it, it, this thing is lightweight. Like this is an LMG and I'm holding it with one hand. Like it's a toy. What? It's so damn light. Holy shit. Like this is nothing. Like, is this because
0: you, you, 3d printed a bunch of shit for it or something
1: so the front end here i actually did with a a guy i ran into on uh, instagram scum customs uh he does a whole 3d printed front end of barrel assembly and everything so i actually hit him up for that and he already had a a tighter angled grip and everything that's cool that had like a steeper angle so, he already had that stuff. So, I, I just hit him up. It. I was like, I'll support you. I'm cool with this. You're, you got some dope stuff. Like, I'll, I'll support you too. Cause, like, why not? I'm going to help. People help yeah. me. I'm going to help people. Right. So, the whole the heat guard, this front sight uh, that replaced the whole front uh, gas block and everything that has a rail on top of it that's fantastic for like mounting a, a run cam or anything like uh, that on it. Right.
0: Yeah. Perfect.
1: So, did all that. But then, since I was already doing all this other 3D printed stuff, I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to make my own stock. So I sat down and designed this stock for it. Uh, the butt pad is actually 3D printed rubber. So it's actually like squishy and cushioned and everything. What? Yeah. So Bro. it actually has spacing in here for the battery and everything else. My FCU is inside of it. Everything. Okay. So all of this stupid light and like half the gun is 3D printed now. Holy shit.
0: Now that's and, cool as fuck, man. I, you know, th- it's funny because all these guys are like, when we're doing these uh, unboxings in the mm-hmm. beginning you know, of our channel, they're like, we'd pull out a, a gun. And it is cool. It, you know, initially when we first started getting them, you know, it was definitely cool for me to see this because, I, you know, see all these different guns because I'm like, uh, I didn't know anything about airsoft. So I was like, oh, oh, they actually make real replicas. So we get the full metal ones, you know. Right, heavy and all that shit. And I'm like, it does feel cool. Like it feels really good. Like, man, this is awesome. You know, but as we start getting more, I'm like, I really like the lighter guns. Like, I mean, if you're going to go play, uh, it is cool to, to take it out and like, it's cool for that moment. Like, oh, this is cool. Right. Right. It's, it feels like a real gun, the weight and everything. It feels sturdy. Um, you know, when you hand it to somebody, Hey, check this out. But, right. Uh, but to actually play with, you know one of these guns like at a, at a especially at a milsim i would i told them in the beginning i was like i would take this cheap ass fucking ak that we <laughs> got the that, fucking...
1: that weighs like 5 pounds <laughs> I'm over saying, your dude, monstrosity no.
0: <laughs> yes i'm serious oh yeah so that is cool man to to have it really light like that so what's a what's a pro tip for uh 3d printing that stock right there Cause that's pretty, I mean, that's pretty cool, man. That it fits on there. Perfect. And it looks perfect. like it goes right off the it. printer.
1: So like so I, I sat. I sat down, like I didn't even have really use my calipers that much. Like I literally sat there and did most of my measurements and stuff with my, uh, machinist rule or my rule, really? like my, my long ass ruler. Uh-huh. So most of the stuff was done with that. And then I checked a couple things like the size of the pins and stuff with my calipers. But other than that, uh, yeah. So calipers, you need, so having
0: calipers is a, uh, is a good, uh, tool to, to do for if you're going to print some of this stuff to go on your gun.
1: Yeah. If you definitely want like, like accuracy, like if you're going for like nice fitment, you want everything to be rock mm-hmm. solid because the more stuff moves, the more easy it is to break, especially with right. like 3d printed stuff. Yep. The more beating it takes, the more likely like the layers are going to separate and you're just going to end up with something broken. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. So the more rigid and like perfectly fit you can make things, the better it is for it. Yeah. So like this, there is no wobble. There is, nothing. is, this is I am not I'm saying metal.
0: it when you showed it. I'm mean like, there's no way that's 3D printing. It fits too good.
1: Yeah. I'll, even my top rail on here for my GeoTech yeah. that's 3D printed too. Okay. So I had one of the. They do have like metal ones you can mount up here, but some I had. I bought this gun off of a friend. And he bought it off of somebody else. Cause these things are like never in stock. And when they do, they're gone like that. Gotcha. But uh, whoever it was drilled the holes crooked as hell in here. So this rail was like unusable. Oh, God. So I designed one with like slots in it so I can adjust it. So I can uh, line it up properly. Yep. So I can actually get it straight on there. Oh, good idea. So that, yeah, that definitely uh, helps a lot. Yeah. When
0: you, when you work in a place or when you have experience with uh, machining, like any kind of fabrication or machining work, really, really helps with designing. You know, little things like this, like oh, even yeah. just the little tiny things, like you said. You know, making those little slots. Uh, normal, uh, I guess, people that have never, you know, done something like that uh, or been around something like that, they wouldn't really think of that. You know, like
1: right, right. It
0: it it really brings a lot to uh, a lot more information to your designing ideas like what can i do here to make this work you know
1: right and like what, what are things i need to be it helps with like being mindful mm. of like what can go wrong what's a shortcoming of this design what can i improve what's something i can do in this design to work with what i'm working with yeah. like with the, if i could machine like half the stuff i make there's a lot of things i wouldn't have to worry about that much because obviously metal like extrusions are going to be more consistent, more easily done. These I have to worry about the part orientation for how the layers are laying down, Mm. Uh, my printing temperatures. Do I have everything dialed in? Am I printing it mostly solid? How much can I get away with before I'm not printing it with enough uh, uh, perimeters or walls and stuff before I start like sacrificing durability for less material, stuff like that. So there's like, that's just stuff that comes with time and like, a lot of it just comes with like learning and being in it. Like I've been doing this for five years now, three D okay. printing stuff. Yeah, so like, I have a I have a pretty strong grasp of like how I want to do things to get it to print like the best way I possibly can to get it to do exactly what I wanted to do.
0: Now that stock, did you uh, did you? Is it
1: mostly solid or? It is mostly solid because I yeah. didn't want to like just like drop this and then just stock's gone. Bye. Exactly. Like I didn't want that to happen to it, right. so it it is pretty much a solid piece of plastic on here, pretty much now.
0: So, is there a, when you're 3D printing uh, something that big and full, like takes that much material? You know, where it's filling in the, the whole thing, whatever. Is there a is there more of a chance of it uh, messing up uh, when it's printing if you're printing the the full? thing uh yeah as a or solid i guess as opposed to whatever they normally do like a grid or something
1: right so usually like the longer print takes obviously there's more opportunities for failure Uh, right So and that's true across the board, whether you have a print that uses a ton of like support material to like hold up certain features that are like overhangs, especially if you're doing like organic models, like character models or something like that, Mm. where somebody could have their hand out like this. And then you have a row of support material going all the way up their arm. Like it really just depends like heavily on how well you have your settings dialed in, how well you have it dialed in specifically for the material you're using, all that kind of stuff. So mostly your settings and whatnot and also keeping up on like general maintenance and care of your printers is like a big deal. If you want good consistent results,
0: Uh, the tip like the heat of the tip or something or it builds up or uh,
1: uh, retractions catch people really bad. What's that? So retractions is as it's like finishes a layer and then like goes to do the next layer or you're printing like multiple pieces where it has to travel to different areas it'll retract material out of the nozzle so it doesn't ooze over things and then push it back forward again to start printing again. Uh So sometimes if you don't have those dialed in really well, you can lead to under extrusion. If you're like retracting too far, you can lead to jams and clogs. Uh Like there's all kinds of like little things. So having like knowing your printer and like listening to people who have like a lot of experience with it is like really, really good to do. And there's tons of information for new people getting into it to like not have that many problems compared to like, back in the day where people were like literally building these like out of whatever the hell they could get a hold of to make a 3D printer to get them to work back in the day.
0: Yeah, so what is uh I- I'm curious why why would retraction even be a setting that you could mess with? Like it seems like that would be a standard built-in kind of feature that hey, whenever this thing raises up, it should pull back
1: x amount of whatever. So thousands. it's adjustable because of the materials oh, so like you could okay. you could be using the same kind of yeah so you could be like using the same kind of material but then switch to a different brand and you you would have oh. to fix your retraction settings because even though it's like this brand is pla this brand is pla but for yep. whatever reason this one just oozes more or yeah, whatever yeah. And you'll get a lot of nasty stringing that can sometimes actually just make a solid wall connecting your support uh, material or whatever else to each other holy shit Yeah. So they, they, it's there so you can tweak it depending on your material. So you can actually get it to like, do what you want it to do.
0: That makes sense.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Huh. So It's a a lot of fun technical things that like, for the most part, like there's like a Cura has a lot of pre-made profiles for the vast majority of readily available printers. You can just buy like off Amazon. And for the most part, they work, they work really well for most general materials, but it's there in case you have to do like tweak something in to get it to print the way you want it to. A lot of people don't go that far, but it's, it's there. There's lots of things you can yeah. play with.
0: Okay. So that stock, uh, how long does something like that take when it's like mostly solid like that?
1: Uh, I got mine tuned. My printers tuned in pretty good so I can print fast and still print strong. Uh, oh. I like, I upgrade like my cooling fans, all that kind of stuff. So like, that's another thing, like depending on, your upgrades or what tweaks you've done to your printers and all that kind of stuff, even like the type of nozzle you buy or what brand nozzle you buy can affect different things. Yeah,
0: I'm sure the nozzle is pretty important.
1: Yeah. So like, even like depending on the brand, just like the length of the nozzle can change or the style of the tip can change or the internal geometry leading to where it comes out can change all that kind of stuff. So uh, it can really vary like something like this stock that could take like a day and a half printed solid for somebody. Right depending on how their printers tuned in. This took me, I want to say 10 and a half hours. Jesus. Somewhere around there. Yeah. And I went through, I went through three iterations of it. Oh my God. Before I got it dialed in the way I wanted. It was mostly like, I was, it was really, really slim at first. And like, I made this area like too skinny. So it was like Uh a karate chop into your shoulder. You try to shoulder it really fast.
0: You're like, you got it slung and you bring it up. You're like, oh shit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You'd be checking, you'd be checking your joint more than actually shouldering the gun. You'd be like, oh. (laughs) So like the revisions Uh, were mostly like, I needed more internal room to fit my SCU more comfortably. and Not feeling like I'm going to rip or like crush it or anything like that. And also have room for like a battery or something. Uh-huh. So, a lot of it was tweaking the internal geometry so I could fit stuff in here easier and then beefing this up and whatnot to just make it more comfortable. Uh-huh. So, it ended up coming out really good. It's got a good yeah. width. Looks awesome. And it even has the ribbing on there for some texture so it doesn't slip or nothing on you.
0: Yeah, dude. And now your drum Mag uh, with the skull on it, That looks that
1: looks badass. I don't know where they got this. This was on here when I got it. (laughs) Like it's not, it's not standard. Like, I don't know who sells this or where you can get it from. I've had people be like, where the hell did you get the skull on your stoner? Mine doesn't have that. I was like, "Don't know." It it was there when I got it. I I got nothing beyond that. (laughs) That's crazy. Okay. Well, we'll move on to uh, another, another special guy. Yeah. What else you got? So this is a, a not a very commonly seen gun. Yeah, what is that, bro? This is a G3. Holy shit. So that's a that's a big old long boy. Yeah, it is. So this uh LCT makes them. This one is not LCT. This is actually a very very old classic army bodied G3 from wow. like way back in the day. When they had Schwaben Arms logos on there. <laughs> what? Yeah. Holy shit. Okay. Like this thing is technically like in the classic status in terms of the body and whatnot. Right. I, I had one of these a long time ago with like the almost like the MP5 style J stock, the full retracting right. one. Uh huh. And that and several other replicas got stolen when my house got broken into oh when God. I was younger. Yeah. So for the longest time, They didn't make them anymore. Nobody sold them. The only one you could get was like the JG with like the cheap plastic body and everything like that. And it just, it wasn't the same. So I never bought another one. But then, so that stoner, my wife actually bought me as a surprise. My wife like enables my addiction, which is really (laughs) (laughs) bad. that's a good lady right there. She is. We we love each other way too damn much. And I think she loves me more than she should. But... (laughs) She, she bought me that stoner, which was not cheap in the first place. Like that the original sure. gearbox and everything in there was completely upgraded and built. Had like a gate Aster MOSFET unit, all that whole nine yards was done to that gun. Damn. And uh she bought me that, and then my buddy said he was getting rid of an old G3. He's like, it doesn't work or anything. I just don't have anything to do with it. I'm looking to get rid of it. Got rid of it for like 120 bucks. Oh, so shit. as as we're leaving my buddy's place that we just picked that up from, she turns around and be like, oh, crap, I got to go to Walmart. So in the time frame, like as soon as she found out that I was like, "Ooh, I really want this. She got back to him while I went back to sleep in the car because we were driving all the way down to back to the Dayton area from up here. I was yeah. working night shift, so I was tired as hell. Right. So I went back to sleep. The next thing I know, we're pulling up behind Walmart where he had just gone <laughs> to go take his truck in. His wife brought the G3 out to him and put it in his truck. And then we met at the parking lot and she brought this out for me. Oh
0: so in the God. same
1: day, she got me two guns.
0: Holy shit.
1: Yeah, it was it was wild. She completely blew my mind. I was like, you are. Stop, stop. You're too good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, stop. <laughs> stop it. You spoil me. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. Oh, but but since then, uh, I never leave anything alone, no matter how good it is. So I ended up gutting this whole thing. I got a Polar Star Kythera in here now. So it's okay. got like the, the rip cord yeah. and everything to cock it. The reset, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so the whole handguard, this whole m Lock handguard, that's my design in 3D print. Awesome. So that whole thing I did even has the m logo on it. It says Raptor Customs, says Airsoft Use Only around it rock solid does not move yeah, at right. all vertical grips crazy. 3d printed my rail sections for my bipod are 3d printed holy uh, shit and then there's some ghetto work in here with the 3d printed backplate because this lct stock adapter was not meant to work with the classic army back for this oh, metal right. section
0: uh-huh. so
1: there is some ghetto going on inside <laughs> of here to get this to work
0: guyver stuff okay
1: yeah so it's a mix of a uh, 3d printed bracket in there oh shit okay. and uh a bunch of jb weld <laughs> Oh my god! Yes, <laughs> get it to work
0: jb weld for the win man we used to use that shit all the time when i was growing up
1: it's you know so working good. on
0: cars and stuff
1: yeah it, i i love this stuff it's it's if you don't use it, you're not using it enough, or you need more reasons to <laughs> use it. Like that's how I feel on how good that stuff is.
0: Well, you know, the cars you worked on when I was when I was growing up was, you know, they were all metal, you know. Mm-hmm. bumpers were steel, okay. Um, yeah, there was no plastic, uh, you know, on the outside of
1: the car. Right, right. They're fucking uh, tanks.
0: Yeah, no shit. It's
1: you know, like oh, my, six my... miles a gallon. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. My buddy had a I wanna say it was like an eighty-six Cadillac nice like he got from a, it was a he was a, he got off a retired veteran who sold it to him for like 4 grand and oh, shit, uh nice. it was candy apple red all the oh, interior shit. was red leather red accents whole nine yards the whole damn thing was red damn but that thing was a big steel boat of a car uh huh and there's one time uh he was pulling out from his his grandmother's house and like he had looked both ways, and this lady was flying down like at forty-five miles per hour down like a twenty-five mile per hour street. Yeah, flew down it as he's pulling out the front of his car. She clips him. It looks like somebody kicked it. Little little dent, little <laughs> dent over oh, the wheel. Oh, up. Shit. Her tire was <laughs> gone. The front of the oh, car God. was crashed in on one side, just uh-huh. completely and utterly destroyed. And his looked like somebody just booted it. <laughs> It's oh, like crazy, he's like, man. He's like I didn't even know how bad it was cuz like all of a sudden I was like looking through my mirrors and all of a sudden my car scooted over to the right a little bit. Like, <laughs> like
0: that's all it that <laughs> was for
1: him. He's and like, then he sees oh. a lady like doof when the whole front of her car is fucking gone.
0: Oh my god, that's nuts. Yeah, when I was uh I was learning how to drive. Um I was my dad started teaching me how to drive when I was 12. So I was like 13 when I was able to when he let me go on the highway for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm on, uh, well, you probably know, Route 8. Um, yeah, yeah. Right? So, I work
1: I work up that way.
0: Right. So I was on Route 8, and uh, I'm heading uh, towards uh, Akron or whatever. So there's a truck in front of me that has, like, a bunch of toys. or It's like kids' toys or something, you know? Like, a bunch of small shit. This is, well, we were driving a, a, a 69 Bonneville. This yeah. motherfucker was, like, goddamn, you know, 30 feet long and – you know, steel and it's like, you know, Big just high road like this and
1: everything.
0: With the in there. <laughs> yeah. Big the sharp
1: hood. angles, the death box. I mean,
0: bro, it was, uh, you know, the hood is fucking huge as hell. Like you open up the hood and there's tons of room around the engine. And this is a 400, you know, four barrel. Okay. Like giant fucking engine. Um, so anyway, uh, so this, anyway, a bunch of shit falls out of this truck on the freeway. And I'm like, I'm freaking out. I don't know. You know, it's the first time I'm on the freeway. So I, I slam on the brakes. My dad flips out. Well, somebody rear-ended us. Well, they got an old car too. So, uh, you know, steel bumpers. So we get out, you know, and he probably, you know, he hit his brakes. He probably hit me at now 30 something miles an hour or whatever. But, uh, I mean, it was a pretty big jolt, but we get out and we're looking, there's barely a scratch on the fucking bumpers. Right, okay? the chrome, is,
1: the, the quarter inch of chrome on the outside has barely been touched. Yes. <laughs> <'Cause laughs> right. it's all hard as shit.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, but that was my first, <laughs> and 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 of course, you know, this is, um, let's see, 83, 1983. So I'm like, you know, there's no cops, nobody calls anybody, we don't have to do shit. Um, the guy's like, yeah, I'm good, you know, like yeah, yeah my dad's like, yeah, we're good, whatever. So <laughs> different shit. times different times, different cars right uh-huh. right
1: things weren't meant to crumple like they yeah. are now no they're shit, light right. and fuel efficient and they're just literally designed to cave in on themselves on impact that's how like that's how they get those safety ratings well
0: that's true it does it takes the impact instead of the uh, person you know so right instead of
1: transferring it
0: well i'm it's glad like, we didn't get her harder because you know we didn't have uh shoulder belts uh the seat belts oh, all the just lap the lats. Oh. which we never wore. Nobody wore fucking seatbelts when seat belts I was a back kid. Then, like, yeah. bro. What? Parents are riding with kids in the front seat like, you know, just climbing all over the fucking place. Right. <laughs> we'll
1: do that now. No, nah, no. Nah. up now everybody gets hit so hard you get a kid ejected out the windshield. <laughs> oh god. I mean, dude, yeah, that's uh yeah, car wrecks are violent, man. Oh yeah. I got So I'm originally from Texas. I was born down in Texas and everything. Okay. Only, only I barely lived there. I can't even know. I don't even know if I can really say it was living because I wasn't even one yet by the time my mom. Oh yeah. You
0: don't, you don't really remember it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But, uh, we went down there to visit my mom's sister and everything one year and we had gone to like a a county fair or something. Yeah. And, uh, as we were leaving, it was raining in this drunk lunatic, was just barreling down the highway and running everybody off the road. Holy he shit! Ra- yeah, he ended up running us off the road. My grandma was driving, and she did everything she could to like not have the car flip into the ditch. So we managed to stay upright. The whole car did go sideways when we went over the edge a little bit, but she managed to keep it up. Right. And uh, me and my brother in the back seat. He's in a car seat, and I'm in my little like you know those little like half car seats or whatever, not like the uh, full full cradle ones. Right. But uh, I'm sitting. We're sitting back there. And I remember we're just, like, just getting thrown around while all this is going on. Because, like, my grandma's, like, I'm trying to get the car going. My mom's fright because she's all tensed up. And then they just turn back and look at us. they like, you good? And we're, like, because <laughs> we we can't see past the window. So we had no idea what the hell was going on. <laughs> all I know is, like, my brother's car seat came over. And, it, like, the, the edge where it, like, folds over where you get your hand behind it. Yeah. It hit me in the forehead and, like, gave me, like, a big... Wasn't like a cut, but it was like a big uh, abrasion where it just took off my top layers of skin. Yeah. It just left me in this big, rough, red, bleeding spot on my forehead that I had for like the rest of the time we were down there. Oh shit! And then we hit a deer on the way home coming back.
0: Damn. <laughs> what?
1: Yeah. That's what I've, I've. had a lot of like weird, random shit happen, like going on like long trips. Like I used to go on a uh, church uh, camp trips or whatever to like Wisconsin to Green Lake. Oh nice I got attacked by coyotes. That was fun. Rabies shots. What? Broke. Yeah that that was uh, that was bad. That was really bad. <laughs> I, uh, I had to get rabies shots. I uh, broke Jesus. my hand in the same night too. It was a good time. Good time. Oh my god, <laughs> bro! I
0: remind me to never play airsoft with
1: you. <laughs> right, just don't travel with me. You could be yeah. you could be doing everything else. Just don't be with me. <laughs> but oh, that's that was funny.
0: That. I fed a. Uh, speaking of coyotes, I fed hand-fed a coyote a wild coyote at yosemite national park in 1991 with uh when me and my buddies went up there i was stationed at pendleton we went up there to you know spend the weekend a four-day weekend and uh i got this uh, coyote eat eat a piece of bologna out of my hand (laughs) and this thing was like fucking tall man it had like it was you know pretty big it wasn't one of those the you know little ones right um the legs were really long I don't know if it was part wolf or not, but uh, you know it, it looked a little bigger than the the regular coyotes. Right, and like
1: like there's yeah. like Ohio coyotes, and then there's like coyotes as you go like further away from Ohio. Like the Ohio <laughs> coyotes they are like a little bigger than like a medium sized dog, and then there's the other ones that are like, oh, you're a threat. <laughs> <laughs> no shit, right? <laughs> right. So that's what I dealt with was the threat kind, and there were four. Of them. <laughs> it fucked your, your hand big. up. No. That, the oh. hand was actually separately related. Okay. It was, it's a, it's a, it's a wild story. So it, it, we can go into it if you want. I don't care.
0: What are you talking what? about when you broke your hand the same night?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The whole, whole shebang.
0: So wait a minute. So you get bit by a coyote.
1: I actually hit the coyote and caught a tooth in my wrist. You hit the coyote. Yeah. I caught one tooth in the back of my wrist. How old were you? 17. A teenager. Okay. So you backhanded this coyote cause he
0: was yelping or something. So he was pissing you off. You're like, shut <laughs> up, bitch. <laughs>
1: he, he was actually the one trying to get who was potentially trying to get me down. I'm pretty sure. So at this, uh, at this church camp, they got like a, a dorm area where they host it and everything. And then they have like a center building, but then like further down the road, there's like a wreck field with like soccer fields and they're surrounded by woods and all that kind of stuff. And you see wild turkeys and deer and all that kind of stuff out there all the time and everything. So when we were there, there was a ton of wild turkeys out there all the time. Holy shit. Okay. And uh, they were there all throughout the week and everything. So and this all happened, of course, the very last night we're supposed to leave from Wisconsin to come back to Ohio. Right. So uh, it was the very last night I was hanging back to uh, help pick out the music for like the next morning and everything before we all leave and everything. And they let everybody uh like stay up late. They didn't like like screw the curfew, or everybody can go out. So I was told everybody had gone to the rec field to go like hang out and stargaze and all that. So when I went out that way, I ended up going out to the field and there was nobody out there. And it's just a big wide open field and surrounded by the woods. And then the road is pretty far back with like a stone wall separating the road from the from the field where it dips down. Yeah. And All I had was like one of those like little like button stick lights or whatever. They look like a glow stick light, but all I have is a little button on it. I didn't have, I didn't have a pocket knife, didn't have nothing on me. Uh, I get out there. I start calling for people and I think I caught them in the middle of hunting. I think that's why they were like so willing to come at me because it was just Uh, me. Shit. So the next thing I know, I hear shuffling and yipping, like coming through the grass and everything. Yeah. and. Next thing I know, I have three snouts in front of me. Holy shit! Yeah. Like, just ran up on me. That's so, fucking nuts. Yeah. Yeah. That's why they end up giving me the rabies shots, because they're like, if they were that willing to come at you, there's a strong chance they have rabies. So, that was that was yeah. a fun ordeal in and of itself, because I'm terrified of needles. So, that oh was not God. fun either. <laughs> so, there was three snouts in front of me, and everything in my mind just went to every, like, nature thing I watched from Animal Planet and what to deal with animals, like make yourself big, be like aggressive back, all that kind of stuff. And uh I can do like a really, really like aggressive snarl. I I would I would help out at like uh uh like Halloween trails and stuff. Right. So I was really, really good at making like really, really angry aggressive sounds. So it turned into me like making myself as like big and aggressive as possible, yeah. stomping my feet at him, growling back and snarling back at them. And slowly, like egressing back towards the road. Uh huh. But as I'm doing this, uh, like I'm shaking now, like thinking about it because it is, it's I'm still, sure. I, I remember everything. Yeah. And all I have is this little stick light hanging off of a, like, like a string on my neck. So I'm trying to keep, like, not too far away. I can't see them anymore while also, like, keeping enough distance. I can't make, like, a quick move on me. Right. And out of the corner of my eye, there's a fourth one skirting me who came who's coming up from my side and that's the one I hit because when I saw it over there my like I just reacted I just brought my hand up hit it with the back of my fist right made it back off and then it kind of like circled back in front and joined the other three and uh didn't know it at the time I had a hole in my wrist right behind my where my watch sits and there was blood just running down my hand but it turned into like a, a back and forth stomp and snarl like battle between me and them Until I got closer to the road when the lights from the road got like, I don't know, probably like 50-ish feet like out into the field. They started backing off a bit, but I didn't turn around until I felt that stone wall that separated the road from the field hit my back. So I was like, I'm not turning my back to them because as soon as I do that, that's like full vulnerability. So until I felt my back hit the wall, I like assessed that they weren't like right there, like lingering kind of in the dark. I hopped the wall and then going back down the road towards the dorms, completely black. There's no lights going down that way. Holy shit. So I just continued down the road uh, and I get down to the road, down to the end of the road. I can't find anybody. There's some like, like maintenance buildings over there, but of course there's nobody out there or nothing. And I get to the end of the road and it goes down the hill towards the lake. And then I just see phone lights all scattered about all over the field. So they were all down there. So I go down there. Nobody can see. I, I don't even really know that I'm bleeding yet. Like I haven't fully assessed it or anything because I'm so shooken up. Right. And uh, I get completely blown off. Nobody believes me. Nobody, nobody knows what's going on. What? I, I, yeah. I get completely and utterly blown off. Nobody gave a shit. What? Yeah. Oh my God. And it wasn't like they didn't hear, like you heard the, you could hear the coyotes from like up the hill. People mentioned it. Yeah but did not believe me that I was involved with what was going on. (laughs) So I got completely blown off. My shaken upness just transfers into like almost like pure rage. So I just go and like sit on a bench, just shaking and like holding my fists until everybody was done. And we start going back up the hill. Cause I was like, I'm not going back by myself regardless. Right. So went back with the whole group, went back to uh, the dorm room because I realized I did have blood running down my hand at, at by that point, and uh, went to go clean off. And that dorm room, the door—you had to slam it like all week. The door was screwed up. Yeah. And my choir director of all people—I don't know what was wrong with his mood, but he decided <laughs> to come after me. Oh shit! For slamming the door, because I mean, I'm probably obviously putting off that energy that like I am like fuming right now. Uh-huh. So he, as soon as I oh, close that door, mode, dude, fuck. Yeah. yeah. Like you're ready to kill these
0: motherfuckers. The, you yeah. Know, coyotes. Yeah.
1: So I get in the room, close the door and he just goes off. Like my choir director of my church just loses it
0: about slamming the door.
1: Yeah. Like tells me I'm sick of your shitty attitude you've had all week and blah, 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 blah. blah. Just go. Just go. Oh. And it's not like I had anything going on other than like I had a friend who like died of a heart attack in the back of the shop. I play at all times. It wasn't like I didn't have that going on either. Jesus. Yeah. That, that was, it was a long string of events that whole year. And my dad had died the year before. So I was, oh my- I had occasions where I was not in a great mood. <laughs> yeah. And it's 17. Yeah. So what? yeah. So he goes off on me and he storms out of the room after yelling at me. And I just sit on my bunk and I go, I just break down for a bit. But then sure. it was like I went from crying to ready to tear the like door off the wall. Right. Like it was, it was like everything was just like high and low, just back and forth, back and uh-huh. forth. So I ended up going outside to go back out back between the between the main building and where the dorm I am. They had the guys' dorm and the girls' dorm on the other side. So I'm yeah. back between there. And I'm trying, I'm like pacing back and forth. I'm just trying to fucking like bring shit together until I can like get my mom or like my youth pastor and everything. And uh, as I'm doing that, he comes out the fucking front of the building and starts going across the parking lot, sees me and says more shit. Oh shit. Yeah. So there's a wood stage back there between like a wood platform stage thingy or whatever back there. Yeah. So this is where I break my hand. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So he yells something. And I yelled something back and boom, I punched the stage. And like, I tore my knuckles open, like put dents in the stage. I hit it so hard. Like I had a knuckle imprint. Yeah. And he yelled something back. I called him like an angry old bastard or something like that. <laughs> and it's like one of those, it's like one of those moments too, where like, you're like, don't do it. Don't do it. Like where you're telling yourself, like, as you're in like mid motion, like yeah. I was literally telling myself, I was like, you're going to break your hand. You're going to, break- yeah. you're doing it. You're going Boom. And as soon as I hit, like he said something else, I didn't even hear it. Cause like immediately after I hit, I was like, Yeah, I did it. I broke it. I gave myself a boxer's fracture right across here and almost cracked this bone in half. I hit it so hard. Right. And uh yeah, then I, then I eventually like a counselor found me, was like, what's going on? Blah blah blah. And then I found my youth pastor, and then we got to my mom, and then I spent like four and a half, five hours in the emergency room that night. Right. Good times. Good times.
0: Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> That's wild, dude. Okay,
1: yeah, fucking.
0: people so like I broke my here.
1: hand to the coyotes. Like I broke you're... my hand to not like hurt somebody else.
0: <laughs> I mean, you know, hey, you d- you dealt with it. Yeah, it... you know, well, yeah, you smart though. are smart in that situation, <laughs> uh for real, man. Like, uh you know, the instinct and what you had learned. You didn't panic, right?
1: No, because they. Not... Would,
0: they'd, yeah, you panic and run. They're going to try they're going to They're going to you know, get the back of, of my
1: ankle ass. or the back right. of my leg and they're just yep. going to trip me and then jump on my back and yep. then it's done from there when they rip out the back of my neck.
0: Yes. Yeah, no shit, dude. Yeah, yeah good was, for you, bro. Fuck Yeah, that yeah. was that was funny. That's your warrior moment, bro. That's your fucking uh, coming of age story right there.
1: That's one of them. Yeah. <laughs>
0: you know, like the uh, you know, back in the day with the uh Indians and stuff they used to do the uh You know, the um, trial by fire kind of thing with the, you know, the youths, you know, like 10, 12 years old.
1: Yeah. Send them out on like their lone hunting trips or whatever, just out in the wilderness.
0: Uh Uh-huh. The rite of passage. Yeah. Good for you, man. Fuck yeah.
1: Cheers (laughs) to that. I could have done without it, but (laughs) I made it through and it's a good story.
0: (laughs) Oh, hell yeah. I mean, sometimes you can't help you know, and uh, uh, what situation you're put in. And that, you know, obviously that's one of them. So. Right. now, just,
1: just shit it's happens.
0: Crazy, bro. And you just
1: got, you, you either deal with it in the moment or you fall in the moment. Yeah. Or you Absolutely. fall later if you don't deal with it later, but. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. But man, yeah, that cool. was, that was a, that was a fun, fun trip. I basically slept the whole nine hours back from Wisconsin all the way back to Dayton. Oh,
0: I'm sure. <laughs> like fucking total. Emotional and physical exhaustion, you know. Yeah,
1: just done. Oh
0: yeah. Yeah. When you have that adrenaline rush for that fight or flight thing, man, it's uh when you have that adrenaline dump or whatever and then it wears off.
1: Talk oh, about
0: yeah. you could sleep anywhere. You could sleep on a bed of nails, dude. Like just out.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's there's a picture of me in the van on the way back with like uh with my hand all wrapped up and everything. Cause yeah. for whatever reason this urgent care wouldn't do a cast, so they put me in like a. a like a restrictive splint until I could get back to see my doctor all the way in Ohio to actually put a cast on. So they basically just immobilized my hand. So there's a picture of me like slumped over a pillow in my lap in the van on the way back with my hand wrapped up and everything just gone. Oh my God. Yeah. No shit.
0: That's wild, man. Yeah. (laughs) It's a stressful story. (laughs) Hey, I mean, you know, uh, and it, I mean, you're not that old, so it wasn't that long
1: ago. Um, no, like, really, it's like, it's weird to think it was 12 years ago, but still, that's still technically not that far back.
0: No, I mean, dude, I have, I, you know, I'm fucking shit from 30 years ago. It still, you know, brings down right.
1: emotion. <laughs> right. Still, still you fairly know? strong in here. Uh,
0: for real. Yeah. Oh, that's wild. Okay. So, what did it? So, after that, um, after that event were you were you into uh, like sports or anything when you were that age like yeah school? i played football did you okay yeah
1: that was a, i was a little brick shit house nice so yeah. like when i played peewee football i wasn't allowed to run the ball because i weighed so much and it wasn't oh. like i it was because i was like fat or big yeah. it was because i was literally just like i was diesel <laughs> no, i shit. was small and just diesel as hell yeah. so i was I would just blitz through people like, and I was, I was on the field the entire game. I was on offense and defense. I was on yeah. special teams. So I never left the field. Mm-hmm. So I also had that like insane endurance where I was just out there the entire time never came off. Right. And I had the most sacks in my league. I had, uh, I think the second highest sacks. tackling record. Yeah. And I also, I had returned uh the ball like off a of fumble for touchdowns a few times.
0: Oh shit. Now were you what uh what position on defense?
1: Uh I was either defensive end or uh which was my favorite position or I was uh gotcha. stro- uh strong side lineback- uh, linebacker uh Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what I played. Middle linebacker.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah, buddy. Okay. Well, I played yeah, I played we did both. You know, you know, schools didn't have like you know, most people played both sides,
1: right? Because uh, you didn't have enough kids to play. <laughs> right. to have a full team for everything.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I was the punter, uh, the middle linebacker, and um, and a tight end for offense. And I was a horrible tight end. I was a good blocking tight end. Yeah, I like to hit. But, I stuck uh, stone over. hands. Stone yeah. hands. Couldn't catch shit, bro.
1: No, I was, I was the same way. I could run the ball, but I could not. I could not catch for shit. I had bricks. I could do the whole diamond and everything. Yeah. So, oh, gone.
0: Uh, just bounce off. The shit would bounce off. I remember uh, one, the most depressing moment in, in football because I love defense. That was my favorite. Neighbor, my oh, yeah. Thing, I just like, like
1: hitting people. That's what that's I was my favorite part hit, about it. Like,
0: <laughs> just can you just hurry up and snap the ball so I can hit somebody? Just, and, uh, <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was, uh, they threw the ball to me, uh, for a, you know, we were like on the seven yard like, We were really close in the end zone. And this was like our last play of the game. And this would have made us win. Right. Yeah. No, uh, no, of course. I fucking, you know, it bounces off my hands. Actually, it bounces, it hits me. And, um, my hands were really close to my helmet when I turned uh-huh. and it bounced. The point of it bounces off my helmet and I couldn't hang on to it. It's, just,
1: yourself, it's gone.
0: It's gone. <laughs> I said, what the fuck, man? Nah, I told you not- to leave me on defense. Oh uh,
1: yeah. Right. And it was like when I got into like a uh, high school and middle school and everything, they would, tr- they would like randomly in the middle of a game, be like, here, can you run the ball? I was like, you guys haven't practiced with me running the ball, but I'll yeah. give it a shot. So the few times that I did, uh I I would never hit the hole right. They would actually leave me like a big ass opening, but because I was go already going to the wrong place. So I ended up blowing in through and making my own hole. I got like six car six uh six yards on average per carry. Damn. And it got to the point where I was busting our dudes up a little bit too, because I was hitting the wrong holes. Because I was just <laughs> I was just blowing through it. <laughs> Right, so I just went through everybody, like, caught off guard. Oh, shit. So that didn't last very long. But I remember there was was one play I did where I became such a problem during that game because I was, like, first down, first down, first down. I was just trekking us down the field. Yeah. And uh, my team, I don't know if they were just sick of me, too, but uh, I ended up having almost the entire defensive, like, side on me. Oh, shit. But I never went down. Like, I they stayed block, up the whole time. They didn't
0: block for you. Yeah. They're no. like, fuck this dude. Let him get hit.
1: <laughs> right. So, the whole, like, entire defensive other team came through all 11 dudes. I never went down, but I backpedaled enough that the refs were like, they whistle, whistle. it's over. Yeah. yeah. But Holy I never shit. got taken down from that. That's crazy. I've always said I'm I'm really, really hard to knock over.
0: Yeah. Like a weevil wobble.
1: Yeah, I got I got I got a low center of gravity for whatever reason. I'm really hard to get get down.
0: Hell yeah, dude! So what do you got? Uh, so what do you got coming up for airsoft events? Um...
1: Uh, trying to figure out if we're gonna make it down to Stonebreaker. That's the next one we're talking okay. about. Yeah, It's coming down for Stonebreaker again. Uh, I am trying to look at more like events, kind of like closer to Ohio. Right. So I know Indiana's kind of surprisingly Indiana's kind of kicked up. They actually have quite a few fields open up there now and uh have a few events going on over there. Yeah. And uh then there's also like the asylum and the prison stuff over in Pennsylvania that I might want to go try and check out. I was gonna out. say
0: there's a there's a handful in Pennsylvania that uh yeah. you know is, is a lot closer drive for you.
1: Yeah, so I'm we're trying I want to organize some more of that because I want to do uh more big events leading into 2023. Okay. So I want to go do bigger stuff. I can I can play at my local field all the time as much as I want, but I want to do I want to do big things. Right. I, wanna, I got I got adult money now. I want to go do the big adult <laughs> things now. <laughs> you
0: got all some you you got all these uh good guns, man. You got to take them out and use them, you know?
1: Like right. really good
0: yeah. events, yeah, for sure.
1: And honestly, that's why like the vast majority of them are HPA now is because yeah. it's just so easy for me to tone it back. Like I'll take that SR25 and play indoors with it with no sights. Oh shit! I've I've done. There's pictures of me doing it on my Instagram, where they yeah. like I got an overhead shot from the top of the bus. Yeah, that's vehicles in there too, from the top of the bus that's in there of me peeking around a corner with the SR25 shooting. Holy shit! Okay. Hell yeah! So that's why almost everything I have is HPA or CQP related. I'll do I'll do my AK before I bring over the sniper rifle.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, that that, looks like you got some uh, printed stuff on there because it looks really
1: clean. Yeah, so this whole upper section, the rail, that's all 3D printed. And the top dust cover is 3D printed as well. Oh, shit, yeah. So, still fully functional and everything. Locks in, sits, does not move. The only thing that wobbles on here is the damn uh, sling catch. But other than that, everything is rock solid. That's awesome, dude. But this is the gun that uh Caleb Tucker you were talking about. He was he started talking to me because I posted this. Oh, okay. So he was really interested in this AK. Right. But yeah. That so that's good. that bad boy. I actually really like this gun. It's my sleeper AK. So okay. everything in here is pretty much redone as well, besides like the trigger and the, like electrical. Yeah. But the motor all the cylinder components, the hop-up unit, all that stuff in here has been upgraded and redone. So this thing shoots really, really, really good. And it's an old-school Echo 1, which you can't even hardly find Echo 1 stuff anymore. And yeah. this thing is just light. It's light. The whole thing's fucking plastic. Oh, so <laughs> it's, yeah. light, it's light as can be. So... But it, I've had it for a while now. I bought it off a buddy who sold it to me for like sixty bucks because he was just getting out, and then he said it'd just been sitting around in a box forever. And right. I just had my way with it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Also, got hey, here's another gun my wife bought me. Oh shit! This is it's not done up. I, I moved around some accessories. Yeah, but this is an old school like Knights Armament PDW.
0: Oh, that's wild looking, bro. Look like, at that outer I, barrel. It's all dimpled or something.
1: Yeah. That's cool. So these were really, really popular a long time ago. And, okay. Uh, like they have a new version now where I think it has a key mod on it or something like that instead of having the Picatinny sections. Yeah. Uh, but these are really, really big. This is like one of my favorite guns ever. It was in a few older video games like uh, I think it was Ghost Recon Wildlands actually had oh, yeah. this in there. Uh, it was it was in um, I don't think it was Ghost Recon Future Soldier I think it was a different one but it was was one of the Ghost Recon games also had this in it and that's when I fell in love with it and I think we were like a couple years into dating and she bought me this nice but for the longest time it sat unused because no matter what compression components in I put in here no matter what hop up anything it just shot for shit had no power coming out of it for completely like unknown reasons. So eventually nice. when, yeah, so I kept it cause I was like, it's sentimental. I still love it. It's still great. I like the way it looks. Yeah. Um, but I kept it. HPA came more readily available and I was like, it's time. So nice. it's HPA now. And this thing is insane. It also, this one actually has a speed trigger and it barely moves. Damn. Like, at one point I had this like so tuned up, like if you so much as shook this just a little too hard, it would shoot. <laughs> it would like shoot. it was, it would shoot.
0: <laughs> I've heard, I've heard, I've had people on that you know, have talked about that before. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You can, you can literally get it to where it's actually like pressed, like already like pre-pressuring the micro switch inside. Oh Jesus. And that's when you can just like shake it or jar it and it will shoot. Like, it'd be like, right. I'd be running and I'd be like, pop, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm not doing it. I swear. Holy Bop! shit. While I'm running. <laughs> that's funny but this this thing has always been a great gun and i ended up um at the tool and die shop i worked at on break i took the whole thing apart and sandblasted it to get it this gray so okay
0: i was gonna ask you how you got the gray okay
1: yeah it used to be all black so i i took it in sandblasted it uh i want to do a paint job on here eventually uh honestly i love Cryptek diablo the red Uh, and black Cryptek. yeah dude I want that all over this. Yeah, no yeah, shit, I'd, right? I think that'd be slick as hell.
0: Now, are you good at uh, painting, like paint? You know, custom paint stuff.
1: I'm good. I'm good at rattle canning things, but I'm not good at getting like really, really like nice paint jobs. You should uh, if you want a nice one on
0: there with that kind of design. Have you he- ever heard of a uh, Rogue Customs?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. we follow each other. We, the... We've talked a okay. few times.
0: Okay say he, he'd probably be able to do a really good job on that. I'd do that. I just send it his way. I mean, honestly, just strip it down and, uh, and have you know, have him do that, that cryptek
1: whatever, like that'd be fucking cool. Shit. That'd be slick. And it would go with like, I even have like cryptek Diablo, like arm sleeves and everything that I oh, wear shit. when I'm doing like oh, yeah. indoors. So like okay. I have, I have, like my, all my mil sim setups. And then I have like my indoor speed soft setup that I use. Right. So I kind of do like, I do like everything. Yeah, So I do my my speed sim. (laughs) Hell yeah. Man, I got a face down here. This is what I was actually using at uh, Iron Dagger for the most part. It was my VFC MP7 AEG. Oh shit, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, this thing is a nightmare to work on. Really? The gearbox, there are it is littered with wires and little like metal plates and switches all over the outside of the gearbox to give it all of its functions it has. Damn. So it has like empty mag detection. You gotta like slide down the bolt catch to like release it and stuff. Right. Uh just everything in here is like really, really extra. And Holy when I shit. And I actually, this is my second one of these, the first one I had. I had just taken it out of the box. I was super, super excited. And I went out back to go and shoot it on full auto. And all of a sudden it was, it, everything was cycling, but there was no BBs coming out. Uh, there was, and there was like no air pressure, like at all. Gotcha. The it plate had broken inside, which uh, was a okay. very, very common issue when these, uh, gen ones first came out. Okay. And, uh, I ended up sending it back. I got a new one. And then I was like, okay, I just won't use full auto most of the time. I, most of the places I play it, you can only use semi auto, anyways. Right. But full uh, gear ended up coming out with a CNC tappet plate and everything for it. That was actually like mm-hmm. aluminum and not plastic anymore. Yep. So that's when I took this. All, and also, I broke off the front end at Stonebreaker. Oh, shit. I jumped, I jumped to throw a grenade and I had this in like a holster on my belt and it fell off and landed on the end, snapped my threads off, snapped off my flash hider. Oh, damn. So I ended up 3D printing a new one to put on here. Uh, but, of course, at this, at Iron Dagger 2, I broke that as well. My buddy who was <laughs> with me, like, he was, like, pointing out to somebody, and his arm came down, and it was in the dark, and as soon as he hit it, I was like, it's gone. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I looked down, and sure enough, I've tried my flashlight real quick, and there was my suppressor laying on the ground. Like, oh, yeah. shit. But those were 3D printed threads, so now I'm going to end up, like, tweaking it again, reprinting it, and doing the one where I said like I have the oh, high no. cap of thread adapters in instead, right? So that whole front assembly in here is all 3D printed. Oh, that's cool! But this thing is now that I have those little like reliance upgrades, and I got a I think I put prami purple bucking in here.
0: Mm.
1: Uh it's fantastic. I, we were I was spewing this thing on full auto all the whole event, and it's so it's so light, it's so small. Yeah, dude, it's small. <laughs> it looks and cool. I have, like. Shit. I have, like, seven mags for it.
0: That tells, you how mu- that tells you how
1: much I love this thing. <laughs> <laughs> now, this guy is one I wish I had more, uh, like, area to really use in. Because I absolutely love this sniper rifle. And I used this at Stonebreaker when I broke that MP7. I was running that as a secondary. Yeah. So, this is the... Uh, uh, silverback SRS modeled after the Desert Tech SRS. Oh, it looks and awesome, dude. This whole front end is 3D printed. Yeah. The muzzle brake's 3D printed and the grips 3D printed. That looks awesome. So nobody supports these anymore, and nobody really makes like handguards. After they came out with the SRS A2, nobody really supports the A1 anymore. So I've actually sold a few of these handguards. Okay. Because nobody makes shit for them anymore. Right. So they're still very popular. The A1s are still really, really good. And it, for the most part, it was only the externals that changed between the A1 and the A2. All the internals oh, are pretty much exactly the same. Right. So, and I actually ended up making like multiple lengths, depending on like your outer barrel length. And I made a suppressor oh, shit. that actually works on this guy. Right. That is also cream filled. So this thing is uh oh, stupid, man, quiet. Quiet. Yeah. <laughs> stupid quiet. Yeah. Stupid quiet. And this, <laughs> it said Stonebreaker. I don't know if you know their uh jewel limits, but sniper rifles can go up to 3.6 jewels, right? I get I get this I rocking high, right. yeah. I get this rocking right at 3.4, and I rock four eights in this, and I am just full on sending oh, these boys shit. far as hell, yeah. right? And I have like a, I have my barrels are opt in here, I have uh, I have the hop up unit all done up, I have a weighted uh, like a weight adjustable piston and everything in here, Jesus. Uh, yeah, so this one, this one's a bad boy. It's very <laughs> bad. <laughs> That's awesome. It's a it's a f- fantastic gun. I just wish they weren't like even the A2s. I think even on sale they're like five hundred and seventy bucks or some shit. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah, I I got this just before the A2 released on sale on Evike for like three hundred something bucks when normally they were like five hundred. Damn, dude. Yeah, so I, I made out like a bandit on that. So I bought this. I bought mags and, like, uh, like extra springs and buckings and everything for it and still spent just a hair over what it would have been for the gun without the sale and stuff going on. Oh,
0: my God. That's wild, dude. That looks awesome, dude.
1: Oh, yeah. It's, it's a bad boy. I love it. And even, like, even with that 3D front and front end, like, I use a QD uh, mount, like an m quick detach mount right on the front of there to run my, uh, I got a backpack sling for it so I can just throw this on my back and run around with it. When I'd be running with the MP seven.
0: Oh, that's cool, dude. Well, it's a lot shorter too than most, uh, sniper rifles.
1: Yeah. And that's a 20 inch barrel. I like. Right. It's, it's super, super tiny. And then like, I have more 30 printed. I got 30 printed stuff everywhere. Right. <laughs> so like, I even like designed my own die, uh, GoPro mount. That's mounted nice. on top of here, so that I can actually get like a better point of view compared to the regular ones that just kind of sit on the top. Uh huh. So this is more like in line with my actual eyesight. Most of the right. other ones they just sit like directly on top like that. Uh huh. This one actually gives you a good POV. Right. I like those. Yeah. So that one's really nice, and I, I even my GoPro mount on my helmet's even three D printed. <laughs> oh,
0: I'm sure. Like that was one of the first things that uh, my son started doing when he got that was uh, printing, you know, mounts, GoPro mounts.
1: Yeah. I, like when I first got my GoPro, like I just printed a bunch of stuff. Like the GoPro that I'm using right now as a webcam is on a 3d printed tripod. Nice. And then I designed one that I have a mount here on the top of my monitor, but this gives a better like view, better for like showing and everything. So I put it down here also in case I wanted to like pick it up and show things. Yeah. That's my helmet. This thing's all 3d printed. 3D printed like spring attachment, so it locks in.
0: Right. <laughs> That's cool shit, bro.
1: And then I don't. Did you see the tier one at all from Friday night?
0: No, I mean I was there Friday night, but no, I didn't see the actual, you know, game so, going on.
1: They surprised everybody with the Hilo run. So we had we were when we were running the helicopter at night. Nobody signed up for that. Nobody paid an extra ticket. Surprisingly. They included it in the tier one and flew everybody. No shit. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So I was, I was super surprised by that. It was fucked up. So I know I didn't buy a helicopter ticket. Like when I asked about my golden ticket, I was like, can I squeeze in on the tier one? They're like, yeah, we can put you on the ground, but we can't put you in the helicopter. I was like, that's totally fine. That's all I probably do anyways. Right. But then they started, like, we got into the briefing and they started handing out waivers to everybody for flight crew. And I'm like, are they just giving these out there? everyone? Like, what's going on? And then they came in like everybody flying tonight. And we're like, oh, oh my god. god. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we all got to fly in the little bird at night. That's awesome, dude.
0: Yeah. Was that and, your first
1: time on it? Yes. Oh, that's fucking badass. It was it was fantastic. At first I was like scared, and then we got up in the air and we we like took off. And I was like, Right, hey, I enjoyed this now. <laughs> 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 but Hell I was yeah. mad. Because I was like, we're going to be in the dark. I'm not going to really get any good GoPro footage. So I didn't bring my GoPro with me from the hotel to the field. Right. So I did not record any of it. I didn't record us blowing up the convoy. I didn't record us on the helicopter. I got none of it. And I'm mad.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, would it show up anyway? Because, I mean, the the GoPros don't really have a good light sensitive thing or whatever, you know, the darkness. They're
1: not, but it would have been good for like the actions because when the when like the vehicles blew up, there was like it's oh, long like yeah. exposure from all the stuff hanging in the air and everything. Right. They so had those flares tons of and light. They had the uh the red flares as well on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. that would have been really, really good nice to have on GoPro. And then being in the helicopter, we had the lights and everything and you could still like see the overhead view of the field and everything where everybody else was when we right. were flying out to over there. So it would have been right. cool. I wouldn't have gotten everything, but it would have been really, really cool to have those yeah, like, small bits at least. Right. So I was like, Oh, well hopefully there'll be another time. We'll see. Yeah.
0: It, <laughs> oh, that's cool, man. Bro. Right. Tons of tons
1: of cool shit you got, man. That's
0: awesome. This is,
1: this is my amalgamation of things I've just pieced together and collected. And a lot of it, I've just, I've gotten to hella good deals on and then just gone from there. Yeah, but I'm,
0: well, first off, thank you for for getting everything ready and getting it all set up so you could show it off easily.
1: Oh yeah, I I literally like cleaned my whole entire office like yesterday (laughs) to get ready for this.
0: I appreciate that, man. It, It means a lot to me.
1: Yeah, I really wanted to like, I wanted it to be good. I wanted to have like yeah. everything ready to go. So you're not waiting on me to go like dig and pull stuff out or <laughs> all that kind of shit. I was like, let's get it settled. Let's get it go. Let's, I want it to be as good, stress-free as possible. Yeah, dude. Oh,
0: it's perfect. Yeah.
1: And thank then the you stupid so GoPro, the stupid GoPro kind of fucked that up okay. a little bit, but we got it going.
0: Yeah. It must've been the battery thing. Cause it hasn't, it hasn't messed up since.
1: I think it was like the battery wasn't like super low, but fresh one fixed was... it. So whatever, oh, I go. guess.
0: Well, listen, man. Thank you so much for being. on. It was great to talk with you and uh, and have you on. Um, and, and you know, it's I'm blown away by how many uh, cool, how much cool shit you got. <laughs> and you are the Coyote King, bro. Okay, like you, you, yes, overcame that shit. That's awesome. Hell yeah. Well, tell everybody where uh, where they can find you online.
1: So everybody can find me at Raptor Customs AM or Raptor Customs 3D. I think will also show me up on there. Uh, It's a nice, nice Raptor red and black and white logo on there. Uh, You can find me on TikTok and YouTube as Raptor with a camera. And yeah, from there. And then I'm hopefully going to be posting more and streaming more. And I want to, I want to do more things. I might get a podcast going here in the hopefully near future. If I can get that all situated. That'd be great.
0: All right, brother. I appreciate you, man. You have a good night. All right. You too, man. All right, brother. Later. Later.